Will you hand me a beer? Fuck you, man. Get your own fucking Suck beer, asshole. <laughs> that counts. That counts. No, that was it. Welcome was to Alcoholic Cast. Yeah, that was it. We are your hosts. Ah. I'm Chris Smith. <laughs> <laughs> to my right, I got. <laughs> no, no, you can only play that for like eight or nine seconds, and then they or they can. Pull Andy, you trying to get the podcast? You trying to get us a restraining order against from George R. R. Martin, Andy? <laughs> no, but for real, that they will pull it for some stupid shit like that. Yeah. Wiener, 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 wiener. That's why he was—he was messing up on purpose that whole time because he didn't want to copyright. He just wanted to say wiener. All right, so uh, I always want to say wiener. He just wanted to scream wiener. I'm your co-host, wiener. <laughs> My name is Wiener Wiener. All right, uh, I'm Adney. Stuff. And stuff. Oh, and I'm Stevie August Borghese. If you didn't know the intro, that was uh, the Spider-Man theme song. That's in the yeah, because we're celebrating Civil War, getting rave reviews. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. getting rape reviews. Right? Is that what you said? I don't know. Raping Whoa. Batman v Superman. <laughs> That's what's getting raped. Cosby actually did just uh, his what was it? His uh, appeal got denied. So that nigga yeah. is going to real court. Real court. <laughs> real court. Not celebrity court. Not celebrity court. Real court. He's about to get popped. But anyways, um, anyways, shout outs, <laughs> shout outs, shout outs. Who you guys got? Go ahead, Chris. I'm gonna shout out to Ali Love. I don't know who you are. Do you guys know who that is? Ali Love. Wait, yeah, maybe. I have no idea who that is. It's a SoundCloud follower. Ali Love sounds exactly. like a Prince song. It might be what it's like a bot and shit. I don't fucking know. Maybe Ali Love. I have Ali and Fatina. That's my friend. Maybe it could be her. Maybe. I mean, there's a picture she said she's of her. A listen. Yeah, what does she look like? I don't see. know. She looks like a girl. She's cute. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's the one that uh, chipped our boy Sean's tooth. Nah, no. So that's really <laughs> fucked in the hotel room. Shout out to Ali Love. <laughs> Ali Love, huh? Ooh, Ali Love. Ali Love. Ali getting the love. Ali Love. Scoot in. you gonna get some love. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna get it. You gonna get it. You gonna get it. But uh, yeah, um, that's that's fine. Shout out to uh, you should give Kyle Schindler a fucking shout out. He commented, re- rated, rated, and reviewed us. Oh, did your shout out? What up? No, it's not a shout out. But yeah, we gotta all give a shout out to Kyle. Kyle Schindler, one of the OG barn animals that we have yet to discuss on this because I don't know why. We I don't think be. I ever met him. He's awesome. Oh man, he's a great oh, guy. Yeah. Uh, what's your shout out? I'm gonna give a shout out actually to our boy Stevie over here because he had what he thought was going to be. An amazing job offer, but it turned out they were just honey dicking him. Honey dicking And they wanted to control him. They were offering him more money, but they said, you're going to do what we want and not be creative with your career. And he said, no, I'd rather not. not I'm not a fucking puppet. I'm an artist. I'd rather be an artist and take lower pay. Shout out to Stevie for that. So I cut off my ear. Cut off my ear. Uh-huh. My oh yeah, these lame <laughs> jokes. You ruined it. <laughs> you know what? Edit out my shout out. <laughs> no, um, thank real you. shout out goes to <laughs> Batman. No, I did. obviously. <laughs> right out there to Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill for coming back playing killing the titular characters for the killing joke. <laughs> um, yeah, I did turn the job down, and it was a lot more money than I'm making currently. But I said. 
I'd rather keep my happiness and my sanity, and uh, it's not. I'm not in it for the money. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm single. in my career. <laughs> that's uh, for my that's why I turn. Well, stop working for the company that I was working for. Yeah. I would work for Burton and all that cool shit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to... Uh, that's why I stopped hooking. I'm going to give yeah. a shout-out to a big boy. A big old guy that's... Uh, Joel? I think he's down in... Where is he? Down in New Mexico. He's hanging out. Doing nothing. Playing video games when he should be finishing book six. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not <laughs> finishing book six. <laughs> what are you doing? Huh? I know you're listening to the podcast. Get off. Get off the podcast. Stop listening in, Martin, okay? <laughs> Sit down and Marty, write some shit. Morty okay? Georgie. Fucking spoiler, Daenerys is Jon Snow's mother. God damn. <laughs> but uh, yeah, shout out to George R. R. Martin. Finish book six, you fucking pussy. It's been since July of 2011. You wrote fucking book five. And you know what I think he's 96, doing? Eight, August of 96, you wrote fucking book one. What the fuck are Dude, you doing? Dude, let me tell you right now. Later. I'll tell you what he's doing right damn. now. Damn. He knows how bad... DB and Dave fucked up the Dorn storyline. He's so upset about it. He's like, oh, you're right, all right. I'll, I got my shit finished, but I'm going to go ahead and wait. I'm going to let you motherfuckers fuck up my baby on the screen. Everyone's gonna be like, wow, this really sucks. I'm going to wait for everyone to notice you guys suck. Then I'm going to release this next book. And everyone's like, yeah, let's all just keep reading the books. Fuck this show. Yeah, because the <laughs> Dorn story in the book is fucking awesome. It's how you love Dorne, because of course you got the fucking Red Viper coming out of Dorne. Are you kidding me? There's and so the sand many snakes in the books are so like, fucking badass. There are so many great, interesting, and just badass things about Dorne, the founding of Dorne, the ruling, current ruling of Dorne, and just the storyline in general going on in the books. And they, there's none of it is in there. The only cool thing that's been in the show about Dorne is Oberyn. Yeah. Oberyn Martell, shout out to him, and In they fucking four. and they wrecked the character a little bit by making him bisexual. He wasn't bisexual. He was making bitches everywhere he went, and they're like, "We're gonna have you have sex with some dudes PC, because, bro, because HBO. That's why." <laughs> yep. If it was Netflix, it's it like been you don't have to, you don't have to shoehorn that in Not and make it all. feel unnatural. When it's hinted at in the books, like with Loris and Renly, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But when you just shoehorn it in, then you're doing it just for the sake of it, and it seems hollow. Yeah. It's... And that makes the it just makes it a caricature. You're not being faithful to that group of people at all. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. I hated that. So let's get into Got Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Got Talk. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, the first episode of season six premiered. So, spoiler bad. alert. Just, I'm just gonna say oh, it right now, Matt, like we Matt, just spoiler, spoiler alert. Jon Snow's still dead oh, yeah. in the snow. Jon Snow is still fucking dead. It's ridiculous. Jon Snow is dead. That bitch needs snow. to hurry up, get over her own little issues of oh, I'm really old and the Lord of Light isn't really. Hold on, let's me. let's let's. <laughs> okay, so when you think back to what you rem- really remember, what stood out to you in the episode, is there anything at all? The direwolf. <laughs> I was gonna it say was the so same sad. thing. <laughs> Just ghost clawing at the door, crying yep. for John. Yep. Yeah. That yeah. hit me hard. And that, 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 that got was, me. That was I was like, super oh, sad. Damn, okay, I feel you. Poor pup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember so somebody on Twitter saying, I really hope somebody is setting up doggy daycare for Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but fucking that furious. And Davos. Okay, so I love great. Davos. Sorry, Davos, the whole thing about Davos saying, get the body, bring it to the room. He's like, how many people do you trust? And he's like, just the men in this room is like, and then Davos immediately thinking on his toes, like, this is what we need to do. We need to keep this closed. We have to keep this amongst us. We have to figure out a way to do something. We have to figure something out. 
Was and there then, other people? But didn't he ask him like, "Is there other people that trust yeah, John?" Uh, yeah, he asked that, and he just said the and. Do you the know they're the going to the wildlings? Exactly. Uh, he going. said that he's like, "Do I you mean, have anyone implied. else?" They didn't say it. They just made eye contact and like. They well, didn't, what he said it was, was implied, he's like, wasn't it? Did they say? It? I don't think he's like, "Yeah, well, most of the people are now on Alistair Thorne's side." Though they all believe that Jon Snow was doing the wrong thing, so they're not going to help us right now. And he goes, all right, well, do you know anyone else who might owe their lives to Jon Snow? And he just looked at him. Hinting at the wildlings, which there's a shit ton of them, including Tormont Giants Bane, oh. who nearly killed Alice of Thorne when they first attacked the wall. So, come on, they're fucked. Yeah, yeah. and he just it. looks at him, and he just exits the door, which yeah, is badass, because you're like, oh, oh shit. Which, that was cool. Oh, that's like, okay, right on. Like, at least you fucking guys didn't completely fucking butcher it. Besides, well, I mean, they did, but still, at the same time. <laughs> and then, uh, what was... All right, the next time we see that, I'm gonna, we're going to get to that later. Let's go back to the rest of the episode. We'll hit. We'll go back to Davos and them. A little bit later, but first let's talk about all the other dumb shit that happened. That was just lame. But, yeah, the uh, entire Sansa chase else. scene, the entire oh fucking God. chase scene. How they, for some reason, you've already we've already talked about this, but for some reason they won't let her character progress and that made make me her so into, bad. Like, a strong, independent woman and all that good stuff that she needs to be because she needs to be like running the north essentially. Like, bitch, put on your fucking big. Big girl shorts. Yeah, for, like, like this they series. They need Theon to save her. Yeah, yeah that's, really? that's what fuck. That's dude. what like we were watching, and I flipped out about that exact same thing. I was like, okay, so you have this series has done such a good job of making strong female ca- characters between whatever Catelyn Stark or Arya, Daenerys, Brienne, Cersei. All these really strong, intelligent female characters. And then you have Sansa, who's been such a huge part of the series, who's been a victim this whole time. Damn, they, in distress the entire, the entire they hinted, time. They fucking hinted at her being her own person in, like, season four with Littlefinger. Then that all went to shit. All season five, she was once again the victim. And what was fucked up is, like, they have that rape scene where she's being raped, and yet the camera focuses on Theon. Mm. A woman is being raped, but all your focus is on how a man reacts to that. Like, that is some bullshit. That's just poor directing and writing. Uh, but furthermore, for this exact episode, what made me so mad is, okay, so Theon and Sansa, they make a big deal. Like, first off, your leg should be broken jumping off the fucking wall. Oh, they jump oh, so yeah, fucking yeah. far. But I'll ignore that. Fresh powder, <laughs> the whatever. Ends, the book ends, I believe, with them jumping off the wall, and then that's it for their scene. It's like that. I believe that's how. Yeah, it goes. in the books, I bet in the next book, just, he's just gonna open up on them being eaten by crows because <laughs> George doesn't fuck but around. The, but there is a badass part where I, because where is she at in the book? West, uh, she's at she's Winterfell. Winterfell. She's at Winterfell. There you go. In, in, With Ramsay, it's been like two years since I read the book, or two or three years since I read the books. But she's at Winterfell. There you go. And uh, what's it called? I love that everyone that's working there tells her when they're when they're by herself, the North never forgets. Like, do they the say North that? Remembers. Oh, there you go. The North, Sorry. Remembers, the North yeah. remembers. They say the North remembers, and all yeah, these people are telling her that in the fucking. And you're like, oh but shit! But none of them are any fucking help. Nah. Yeah, that's what's bullshit. So uh, none of the help in the new season. But you don't know what comes help. out if they're fucking helpful. So, anyways, they go across and they make a big. I can't. It's too. Sansa's all. Sansa's complaining. It's too cold. Yeah, they come all, across the We got to do it. So you're making Theon a hero after everything he's done. He's redeeming himself right now. All this entire scene is Theon redeeming himself, so he gets redemption. You're dumb, but okay. Well, I'll play along for a minute. They try to hide in the trees, like we gotta hide, and then he goes. They fucking come with hounds. There's hounds who sniffed them out with a bunch of guys, and Theon's like, I'm gonna sacrifice myself basically, so he's gonna 
So you think he's going to actually sacrifice himself and die and get some sort of redemption for all the evil that he's done. Nope, not, no, that doesn't happen. Nope, that's not how it happens. They just start, they say, they immediately see Sansa. Like, it's not even, <laughs> it's almost as if she was hiding behind the couch with her feet poking out. And then it's all, she's gone, dude, I don't know where she is, dude. I can see her. She's right there. The hounds fucking sniff her out, and they're all like, oh, bleh, bleh. And then Brienne, Brienne shows up just in the nick of fucking yep, time. Which you can, you can, like, put that away of, well, she's been tracking them this whole time anyway, so it does kind of make sense that, but at the same time, why, why couldn't you get there faster and help them across the river? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Brienne saves them. For some reason, the hounds disappear. It never shows what happened to the dogs. <laughs> the dogs are just gone. They, they Brienne, and Brienne kills a bunch of people. Sansa Ooh. is about to be fucking, like, murdered by one of the uh, Bolton men, and what happens? Or no, wait, no, no, it's not that it's uh, – Pod was about to be murdered, and in that moment, the guy's about to kill Pod, and in my mind, I was thinking, oh, Sansa's finally going to get up and do something. Sansa's finally going to be useful. Nope, Theon killed the guy. Nope. Theon became a hero. Ugh. You made Theon the dickless traitor who betrayed his basic – like his second family. He called Rob his brother. He looked at fucking uh, Brandon Rickon as little brothers. He betrayed all of them. He watched Sansa get raped. He was – he's the one of the worst scum in the scum. show. But yeah. you're going to let him become the hero and redeem himself and let Sansa still be the victim, still be the damsel in distress, who's so fucking useless. She can't even remember an oath when Brienne offers her sword again and Sansa's like uh, – uh, and then Pod has to be like, oh, you say it like this. Uh -huh. You dumb woman. You stupid, <laughs> silly little girl. She doesn't even know how to Made fucking... me fucking furious, dude. Yeah, that was probably... Bad writing. This whole episode was bad writing. Episode. Yeah, the episode, it all felt just like a recap of last season. It's like, okay, so here's what happened, and uh, here's a little more. Not, not, no, here's nothing. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was a lot of, like... They did the obvious previously on, and then they started the actual show, but a lot of it was, okay, we're... Remember what happened? Okay. It's like okay. 10 minutes of that because I was fast forward. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Where's the theme song? Ba -da -da -da, ba -da -da -da. I was like waiting for it. The only thing that really felt new was the Davos scene. And Arya, Before we get to that, the Arya she was thing actually is, blind and like you weren't sure, but now you're sure or whatever. Yeah. And it shows her begging. It shows and her then, begging and like having to like learning. start from the bottom. Now we're here. And so. then the one chick from the uh, House of Black and White Just shows up, throws her a staff, starts beating the shit out of her. And you're like, oh, I see what's gonna happen here. They're gonna, she, they're gonna turn Arya into Daredevil, you know, the blind person who has other senses and learns how to fight really well. You're close, Eddie. <laughs> this is all book five, by the way. That scene, that whole shit is book five, I believe. Oh, really? whatever. She's gonna yeah. turn into fucking Daredevil, and it's, then it's, it's dumb how they do. They do a lot of this shit. They're like they're stretching some scenes, some shit that happens. So some of it's stretched, and some of it's all the way all up to date. So there's still some stuff that's in the books that hasn't been done yet. But it's reaching there apparently. Well, yeah, I and I don't want you to just spoil the whole. No, that's Aria why I'm not form. spoiling that I at do, all. Though. You can do that in private, in private text message between the two of you. Uh, <laughs> Which I did spoil that one thing about. Yeah, that. but um, so there's that, and that part, that whole scene just seemed just kind. Of, it just it was just like, eh. I feel like it just didn't do anything for me. The uh, Arya getting beat up with the staff thing, and her going, oh, I'm blind." Yeah, and then of course, <laughs> uh, let's skip over to fucking uh, Jorah. Mormont and fucking Daria Naharis just wandering through a field and all of a sudden he goes, oh look, in this entire giant field, 
I found her ring. <laughs> Bullshit! Oh, you do not have God. a metal detector. He has, like, the energy, man. He could just feel the presence like, of the ring. Like, I was like, that is such a cheap... He could smell it, dude. He, he just knows her smell. Fucking... He bear. is the house of bear, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Bears smell rings, Annie. <laughs> Bears smell menstruation. They smell rings. <laughs> Maybe she menstruated in the ring. Oh, and then, like, you get, like, the actual scene with with uh, Danny, and, uh, like, at, she's being dragged. And when she's being dragged and she's walking next to the horses, you're kind of like, oh, this is kind of intense. But then she gets to the camp, and then the new guy, the, like, the call, call Moro, who's the leader of this, uh, Calvazar, is, like, Just being all threatening beard. and opposing, but his beard looks so fake. Yeah. It looks so dumb. I mean, like, you look like you have way too much eyeliner on. Jason Momoa can pull off eyeliner. But only oh, Jason Momoa. beautiful. And, like, this guy, trying, and, like, beautiful. his other, his two buddies are sitting there, and they're having, like, this fucking, like, sitcom back and forth about yeah. how the, there's nothing better than seeing a naked woman, and then, like, the whole, all that whole thing, that whole back and forth, which I actually laughed at the time. I was like, oh. Is it? We started laughing. I was like, this doesn't actually feel like a Game of Thrones episode. Uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like one or one of the five best things in the world. Yeah, right? he's like, something like oh, that. yeah, but uh, this, thing, like, this thing is really good. Yeah, but that other thing is pretty good too, dude. <laughs> okay, well that's good too. And this other thing that we do, because we're Dothraki, and it's you know th- th- we we've said before in the past season what Dothraki do, <laughs> like we rape and stuff. That's good stuff <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, rape. That's good. Good rapes. Good. Good rape. Good. Yeah. So there's Pilgrim. five. There's Pilgrim. five. Yeah. <laughs> five good things. Rape being a mother. Taking the rivals <laughs> back to Vias Dothraki. It's good, dude. It's good. <laughs> It just the whole that whole thing. Felt, yeah, now she's eh. like banned to like the island of X. Yeah, no, no, it's not. Well, there's one city. Uh, for the people, the Dothraki people, it's Vias Dothrak, and uh, it's it's in it's not really buildings, and it's mostly inhabited by the widows of Kals who have you know died in battle. All the women, all the you know widows, have to go to Vias Dothrak and basically work as priestesses, and they kind of keep up the place. Remarry and whenever there's a like wedding that. or a big ceremony, like in uh, the first season when uh, Danny gets married to Kal Drogo. And they have to go to Vias Dothrak to have the uh, ceremony after they have sex where she eats the horse heart. Mm-hmm. That kind of sacred shit has to happen in Vias Dothrak, and it's the widows who run the fucking place. Hmm. And they're saying, you have to live out your days there. You have no fucking choice. Ah. But it's like, dude, we all seen the previews. Drogon's going to show up and like yeah. everything. Oh, my. Like, Get my dragon here, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but it all felt terribly generic. Until the very end of the game when we got to see Mora Davos in that room alone. And the reaction that Melisandre had when she goes in the room and sees Jon Snow. And because at the end of the last season, what you realize is she you see her in her face that she has been wrong. She thought this whole time that Stannis Baratheon was Azor Ahai, which is the uh, like prophet prophesized fucking hero of Jesus, light. The Jesus, basically. Yeah, about the whole, coming back. Like, Jesus is coming back, guys. Yeah, Jesus the, is coming. <laughs> yeah, the whole legend of it is that, like, thousands of years ago, there was a knight that was taking over the world, and a hero named Azor Ahai uh, built a sword. It's a, like... I'm trying to fast-forward through this, but on his third try of making a sword, he, like, you know, spent 100 days making it, and then in order to make it, you know, like, make sure it was strong or whatever, he... Stab his wife through the yeah, fucking heart. Yeah, I was gonna heart. say sacrifice his wife, <laughs> and the Damn. blood covered it, and her soul basically was, you know, became part of the sword, and that sword became magical, and they called it Lightbringer. Yeah, and they said that uh, the new hero will be born of salt and smoke, and uh, that, and she thought that it was Stannis. She really believed that it was, and she even had that like super artificial ceremony. She had burned the idols. 
I'm gonna stick a sword in one of the idols. You pull it out. Oh look, he look, he's got a burning sword. He's a Zora high. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not how it works, bitch. You're <laughs> forcing it, <laughs> which is why. And then she finally realized that she was fucking wrong, and you could see it in her face too at the end of the last season. She was like, "Oh my god, I've been wrong." Yeah. And where does she go? She goes to the wall because she finally sees that it's Jon Snow, who that she thinks is a Zora high. Yeah, well, Jon Snow's dead, bitch. And she keeps saying that, like, she's like, um, I, I keep praying for the Lord to show me Azor High, but all he's showing me is snow. He's kind of like, is that some wordplay over there? Yeah. Is that some What are you doing, George? What are you doing? I really do. And uh, so everyone's assuming that Jon Snow is Azor High and that Melisandre is going to bring him back because priests and priestesses of the Lord of Light have the ability to bring people back from the dead. Thoros of Mir did it several fucking times yeah. with Beric Dondarrion and shit like Which that. Which are not going to show it in the show, but in the book fucking uh, Catelyn Stark gets brought back to life. We talked mm-hmm. about, I talked about this with Adam oh, before. What? Yeah, it's uh, it's the epilogue and you're like, whoa, what? This bitch takes off her fucking hood and it's Catelyn Stark and you're like, what the fuck? She's all like neck slit. She's all fucked up, like fucked up, like zombie-esque. <laughs> uh, oh, but they, they said that, nah, we're not going to do that in the show. Which, because you, you, lose, you lose touch with characters. You're like, ah, they'll be back. They'll be back. And you, you even said that you hate that shit because it's like, it's not fair because you're taking away my emotions. Why do I need to get emo- Like, you don't really care to get emotionally involved the death, like, in the like, death yeah. of a character because you're like, eh, they'll be back. So yeah. it's, not, it's not as, like, uh, your heart's not as broken. You're like, ah, whatever. It's not that bad. George you you stop taking the death so seriously. So are. when there's more deaths, they don't have the same impact. That's what. That's like the biggest problem with the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. They keep killing people off and bringing it back. So it's like, okay, now I don't believe you anymore. Mm. Yeah. You're the boy who cried wolf. You yeah. know, you're the boy who cried Jon Snow. <laughs> and like, but that's the thing. Like you're everyone the boy who cried still... Direwolf. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and you could see like uh, everyone's so... like everyone thought, oh, Melisandre's gonna bring it back. She's gonna bring it back. But she saw him and she saw that he was dead. And her faith was almost already gone, and I think when she saw that, the rest of anything, any faith that she might have had left over died. Cause she's like, "Oh, this was Azora High, and he's dead now, and like I don't feel like I have the power to bring him back." She's like, "All of her, she's like, it's almost as if she became an atheist in that moment yeah. and was like, this is all bullshit. <laughs> I'm insane. I've been thinking of things this whole time," and she's like, so fucking distraught. And people have said when she takes off her necklace that that's what turned her old. And they're like, that's a plot hole because in season four she takes off her necklace and she's fine. I don't think it's the necklace that made her that way. I think the necklace is just – it is part of – like it glows when she's using her powers. But before she even took it off, it was like black, almost symbolizing the fact that she had lost her faith. So I really think it was like her loss of faith that – was made her look old again, oh, and maybe okay. when we see her again, she'll still be old, and we won't get Carice Van Houten again, <laughs> which is depressing Aww, because she's fucking sexy as she's fuck sexy. outside she's of the so show, sexy. even more so. But everyone thinks that Jon Snow, like not all the fans, and everyone is assuming that Jon Snow is going to be Azor High because he matches all the typical, you know. hero of the story he's kind of came from nothing and he was thrust into the situation he's brave he's loyal all these things he matches everything up he should be the fucking hero he should be brought back and there's like one theory about how because they say in the actual prophecy the uh the uh prince that is promised will be born of salt and smoke and he will hold a flaming sword and people are saying oh well they're gonna burn Jon snow's body he's gonna come alive and be a hero and I think that's just silly. What I think, what I really think is, 
all this time when George Martin is talking about Azora High, we've all been assuming it's Jon Snow. We've been wrong. It's actually Daenerys. Mm. One of the quotes that Melisandre says to Jon Snow, when the Red Star bleeds and the darkness gathers, Red Star bleeding, that's the Red Comet from season two. Uh, darkness gathered, that's winter coming, that's the White Walkers finally waking up. Azor Ahai shall be born amidst smoke and salt to wake dragons out of stone. Oh, what? That's Daenerys then. Daenerys burned Khal Drogo, had those fucking supposedly petrified dragon eggs with him, walked into the fire, burned with everything, and when the fucking... And from the ashes and the smoke came Daenerys, basically reborn a different person with dragons. And that's when the meteor fucking happened. Because that happened at the end of the first season, the beginning of the second season. Then you see the fucking comet. All those signs are there. And there's even more, like, quotes from the the fucking thing of... uh, That's crazy. That's news to you? But, yeah. That's news to me. Like, this is a man named Halden talking... Just for everyone who doesn't know, Stevie's read all the books and all that, so... This is a man named Halden talking to Tyrion. He says, Her coming is the fulfillment of an ancient prophecy. From smoke and salt was she born to make the world anew. She is Azor Ahai, returned. And her triumph over darkness will bring a summer that will never end. Death itself will bend its knee, and all those who die fighting in her cause shall be reborn. I think that guy's right. What? I think that guy's right, and I really think because it's all about uh, like sacrificing your lover in order to get power, and she did kill Gold Drogo. Yeah, she might have to kill. Power, she might kill really. Beric Dondarrion, to, or not Beric Dondarrion, but uh, Darren Naharis for yeah. another fucking reason. But it's all about like uh, the red sword, the sword of heroes, the sword made of fire. She wields dragons, basically. Like yeah. that's the fuck. That's fire. It's they call dragons in the series fire made flesh. That's what they how they refer to dragons. So I really do think that at the end of the day, it's going to be Daenerys, not Jon. I do think Jon's going to come back because we've seen set photos. I think the Wildling's going to come back. For some reason, Jon Snow's going to come back. Jon Snow's going to fight again. We might see that. He's but at the end Azul, of the day, don't bring him back. But at the end of the day, it's going to be Daenerys who's Azor Ahai. Oh, Azor Ahai. I apologize. Don't bring him back. If it's not, like, why? Why even bring him back? Because he's sexy as fuck. No, I don't give a fuck. Fucking hate it. Yeah. Is that it for the draft? Well, okay. Um, well, I don't. Did you explain that she got old? Yeah. Um, did you? Cause yeah. I, okay. Yeah, you okay. She got all old, and that's how the episode ends. So, what do we think is gonna happen on the next episode? On the very. Because that's your episode? whole entire like, what you think yeah, is gonna happen on this like the whole entire I'm at season thing? Eight. Yeah. <laughs> What's gonna happen the next episode? Do you think that we're actually gonna get any further? Do you think we're gonna finally see Braun? In his storyline, or like, what the fuck? I'd be, I, I, I'm actually, I would be surprised if we saw Braun next You'd episode. You'd be surprised if they don't fucking start. But they, they could, they should pop. They should do an entire hour episode on just his fucking storyline. But the fucking writers aren't that bitches. fucking good, so they can't banging bitches. Well, well but, they wait. did butcher the Doran storyline. Well, no, not Braun. Bran. Bran. Sorry, Bran. Bran? Oh, Brandon Stark? Not Braun. Yeah, Bran. Oh, Brandon Stark. Yeah, they got to show him next episode because they keep showing him have visions of the the White Walkers and all this stuff. I got to see the storyline. I don't know what the fuck is going on with that. I don't know what What they expect him to do. Seriously. Where did they start? Where did they stop it in the show? Uh, Uh, The last thing. He just got up way into like some. The Blood Raven. He just met the Blood Raven in the. How far thing. is it in the book? Is it further? further? Yeah, is it yeah like what we seen in the trailers. It's awesome. What we see in the trailers is like a quick glimpse of Brandon standing up, so you know it's a vision. 
him standing, and then he turns. He's like, what the fuck's going on? And then he turns around, and boom, there's a White Walker grabbing him. I think it's the Night's King. Yeah, I remember um, seeing that in the in the commercial. Like, And it flashes, right? The commercial, yeah. Like, and that's it. So there's a little, I don't know what they're going to do with that. But yeah, they do a little bit more in the in the, in the the book with that storyline. But that makes me so depressed it? that they fucked up Dorne, so nothing good is happening. You basically killed off every character in Dorne except the absolute worst, most boring ones. You took... First off, you made Tristane Martell look like a fucking Jonas brother, mm-hmm. and I was actually glad that he got stabbed through the fucking head with a spear. It was kind of tight. By the fucking... Like these, how they did it. it the like, bitches oh. that play the Sand Snakes... <laughs> look the goofiest when they fight. They look so... Like, how much training did you give them? A week? Mm. And that's it? They look like nine-year-olds playing pretend in your backyard. It's fucking embarrassing. Also, fucking what's-her-name killed that giant black dude with the axe with the smallest little dagger you ever fucking saw. Basically a fucking thumb file, whatever. (laughs) Nail file. Bullshit, man. And he's really mad about the the door and stuff. Yeah! Damn it! <laughs> in the books, the whole fucking storyline is that they want, like, the Sand Snakes are only a part of it because they think that Marcella should be queen. Because she's the oldest, next in line. To and they completed the opposite by saying, oh, we could make them have Marcella be queen, but instead we're going to have them murder Marcella. That's like, how much more opposite can you get? How much do you hate brown people, guys? <laughs> the showrunners really hate brown. I really think it's because, uh,. David Benioff's white Amanda Pete really wants to fuck Pedro Pascal, so his revenge is fucking at the Dorn storyline. Yeah, mm. and the Dorn storyline is supposed to be like I, I think uh, Spain, like that's what the idea is. Because then you have Bravos, which is like Italy, like uh, Venice, or not? Not is it? Yeah, Bravo. The, yeah, Bra- Bravos yeah, is Bra- very Bravos is very inspired like, by Italy. And yeah, stuff. Italy, Venice, all that. It's like surrounded by water, everything, and then you have Dorn is all like Spain, everything the way it's, it's Spain built, and everything. Middle Eastern. It's Middle Eastern. Too. There's like hints of Spain, but a lot of it is Middle Eastern with like the fact that it's a desert, their clothing, parts of their culture. Not all of it because, of course, women are actually seen as equal. Here. Oh, shit. Watch uh, out. Uh, shots fired. ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he takes like not – it's not just one thing. He takes – Multiple things and, yeah, puts it together. Anyway, yeah, so – That's all I got for – My consensus of the whole entire – Season is this gonna be shit? And every anybody who was excited about Game of Thrones, be prepared to let down. And I knew it as soon as last season ended because they butchered every fucking thing, and I was so fucking butt hurt. And all I'm gonna say is, I told you so because fuck George R. R. Martin no. for taking how fucking long to write the rest of these years. books. So then the fucking TV makers fucking scramble, and the showrunners like, well, we need to be putting out seasons. No, bitches, wait. That's what I would have Prequels. Done. Do you pre- got to fucking prequels. wait. It's that fucking simple. You, have pre- you, you cannot have progress the storylines any longer until George writes the fucking book. Why Dude, are you fucking going away from the source material? an entire series so about ridiculous. Robert's Rebellion. That'd be or, tight. Yeah, do a fucking Or Aegon's Conquest about like how how he could not beat Dorne, like, which they barely touch on in the show, is how Dorne was the only kingdom that Aegon could not Do a whole season of Dorne. Yeah. Let me jack off. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, it's just so ridiculous. But that's, that's that a problem. They gotta pump and it out. Let that guy on Facebook, it's like, well, George is writing all... It's like, no, George only wrote three fucking episodes. Out of the entire Out of the thing? entire five but seasons. But they still, like, had their source material, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, they had his source material, but they, and they also asked him for pointers, like, hey, can you, you know... He even said, I'm not gonna write the... Sh- I'm not gonna write episodes until I finish this book. He even said that. 
I got to stick to the books. Yeah. I can't be writing fucking episodes. I thought he helped them a lot more than he helped them with information. Yeah, and he helped them by creating the source material. But and that's he what didn't write me so... the series. Like everyone's like, oh, he's writing on it. No, he, well, he wrote three fucking episodes specifically. That's what made me so disappointed was how it start. The first season is so like close to the actual source material. They were they started off that's what everyone so many it was making everybody happy. They're like this is an amazing that's show. So and then actual good. fans were so like, oh my god, he's act they're actually being faithful. And they were bragging about how faithful they're like, Yeah, the only way we were able to do this because we're with HBO. HBO with their budget, with like all their resources, that's that's why we're Netflix being so faithful. And then <laughs> it all just started going downhill to where you got fucking last season where the only good thing was fucking hard home. Yeah, <laughs> dude, book one and season one are so fucking parallel. It's insane. The only thing, they change a couple things. Daenerys' rape scene. <laughs> but Yeah, which, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> she gets raped in the show by Drogo, but in the books, it's romantic as fuck. Oh, really? It is so sweet. It's adorable. You get to see that's you actually what see the, the you actually see the soft side of Drogo in that scene in the book. It's really romantic. I suggest you guys read it. <laughs> yeah, you guys. It's so much better than Fifty Shades of Grey. Like it's so much better. Anyways, that's, let's move on. <laughs> All right. Well, since we're already talking about you, just talked about talking about George R. R. Martin and writing. I want to talk about somebody who wrote a movie here recently that. Everybody fucking hates for some reason. Even people that I talk about, I, I don't. For some reason, Addy likes it, of course. And some reason, you like it. So it's not even really have a fucking discussion right now. It'll be all this fucking agreeing. Or we whatever. can jerk each other off. About I that. was gonna do Hail Caesar, a movie that the Coen Brothers just came out with, got horrible reviews. But I thought it was gonna be too like, oh, Chris picked that because he's a filmmaker, and that was gonna be why I picked it because. I feel like the jokes inside of it and whatnot, you only would get if It was you, all terribly inside. Yeah, it was way too inside. But I feel like they also didn't give a shit. So like, it was like a fuck you to everyone. Yeah. They're like, you know what, we're going to do what we Those want. Those are the fucking awesome movies when like the direct, <clears throat> the maker is like, no, this is for me. But I am actually going to talk about Trainwreck. Trainwreck. Oh. Written by Who's giving Amy that movie shit? Schumer. Every, okay, I knew you were going to say that. And uh, what Rachel said, she hated it. I know she's not a critic or anything. Dude, she but, doesn't matter because she hates movies. Uh, she uh, said she that she doesn't movies. like movies. I'm not, <laughs> Rachel, I'm not trying to talk shit about you as a person. I'm just saying. She said she doesn't really watch movies. If you said you don't really movies. watch movies, Anyways. it's like, well, of course you're not going to like it. You don't really like movies. You don't like a whole medium. That's why I was going to do I wanted, I was gonna do Hell Caesar because I had – but then I started going online. And I'm just going to go through the first page. On IMDb, and I'm not even gonna tell you what they say or anything. I'm just gonna give you star ratings. What's the average fucking? Well, through the critics, it's like a six point three, but through the users, one star, three star, one star, four Are those star. Those all dudes. One star, five star, two star, four star, five star, three star, four star, three star, one star, two star, three star, one, one star. star, one star, five star, Bullshit. three star, one star. One star, Holy one dude, star. That People give Twilight five stars. Seven stars. Okay, finally. We got it, bro. <laughs> Out of how fucking many did I just fucking read through? How Three dare stars, you disrespect Bill Hader like that? And you know Fuck what? Amy Schumer. <laughs> and I don't think I'm like, my argument for loving it isn't because I love the direction, because guess who directed it? Guess who fucking directed it? I've already talked about him on this fucking podcast. Hold on. It's, and I said, this oh, is, uh, Judd Apatow. Judd motherfucking Apatow! Imagine that! <laughs> ah! That's why I believe everybody hates the fucking movie. 
I... You think they hate it because of the direction? Really? No, I, don't, I have no idea why they fucking hate it. Maybe because it's too crude? I have no idea why they hate it. No way. It doesn't do make it. any sense to me because... I think why they hate it lately it is, fucking, is probably because the whole Amy Schumer situation. People I do are think it's just... got to have a huge impact. The fact yeah. that people said, oh, she stole jokes. So everyone's like just hating on her for that automatically. Wasn't that's that like after them. though? Yeah. yeah, yeah but was. these reviews don't come out before the movie, dude. They come out later. You know I, mean, I mean, that's true. I you can write. You can wait to fucking. Besides you guys, everyone that I've talked to has said they didn't really like it. It's too formulaic. Oh, of course, it's the same thing, but it's a girl. Oh, and she's raunchy. Like, oh, I don't want to see that. It's like, oh, well, then you're a fucking bitch. You're Seriously, fucking like, bitch. so that that was an actual criticism. Is oh, it's fucking. Uh, it's, it's formulaic. It's too raunchy. It's a fucking girl. It's like, well, this movie's the always made. All they did is switch the roles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's just. Those were dudes, weren't they? <laughs> like, oh, I only, like, the motherfucker, how many times did you watch fucking movies like American Pie or any, Van Wild or any, like, it's the same, yeah, you say it's Formula Lake, but you still watch those movies when a guy's the star, you piece of shit. Yeah. But when it's a girl who's talking about being slutty, openly about all these kinds of dicks and what different dicks are like, what, you get intimidated, homeboy? And then I think people are, oh, it's just a love story, you know, it's just, it's so Every terrible. movie ever made has been a love story. But I can also argue that it wasn't a love story and here are my two fucking points why I think the real love story if you have to call it a love story was with her father and not with fucking Bill Hader it was the relationship that she had with her dad and the whole entire real plot of her character arc was because of her dad or it was because her sister and the little fucking kid at the beginning of the movie at like 12 minutes in, she can't even be around the fucking kids. She can't talk. She gets all claustrophobic and she has to leave because the kid's there or whatever. By the end of the fucking movie, she's talking to him. She just broke down to her sister. Tears are pouring out of her face. Her sister has to go do something and she's talking to the kid and she's not feeling all weird and awkward about it. Is, it is it is a coming of, it's almost a coming of, of age tale, but for later on in life for that. It's that second... With the subplot being this whole relationship shit, but... Regardless of the plot and everything and it being formulaic, I thought the writing was fucking hilarious. I thought she fucking got a phenomenal cast. LeBron James was fucking funny. John Surprisingly Cena. Surprisingly John it. fucking Dude, Cena was Mike Birbiglia, hilarious. are you fucking kidding me? I mean, my favorite out of all Dude, the celebrities what? she brought was definitely David Tell being the bum. One of his David Tell was... <laughs> that was like one of the things I first, when I first was watching the movie the first time. I kept jumping in the theater because of all the comics that were in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mike Birbiglia, Mike like Birbiglia, David Tell. Like, oh. Uh, Colin Robert Quinn Kelly. playing Robert her fucking Kelly dad. Dude, yeah. the opening yeah. scene is Colin Quinn basically doing a stand-up <laughs> oh bit. Oh my god, children. it was fucking <laughs> incredible. It was so children. Fucking, uh, that it was an analogy brilliant. about the dolls. He's like, so you got a doll. You okay. love that doll. You love, you love your dog. doll. <laughs> you want to play with other dolls. What, 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 what if I said you can only play with that doll for the rest of your life? You wouldn't like that very much, would you? And no, like, you wouldn't. No. Maybe no. there's another doll. Maybe you want to play with your, with your doll's sister. How about that? Maybe. But oh anyway, repeat after me. Monogamy is not realistic. <laughs> yeah, monogamy. That was the whole fucking goals. Like, oh my god, dude. Plus, so you have Bill Hader, funny. great comedic presence. You had even Pete Davidson have a quick fucking cameo. LeBron James. LeBron, like. Dude, LeBron James is fucking and funny John in this Cena, movie. Two Cena killed it. Cena did. And both of them. LeBron I mean, James playing the sensitive guy is yeah, so, yeah, fucking so fucking funny. Like he's like the, that's that's the role. Also, you got fucking Vanessa Bayer basically playing her best friend from work, and she fucking was 
just great oh. as that awkward weird chick. The redhead with the big yeah. ass smile. Yeah, Jam from fucking Parks and Rec <laughs> oh, showed up dude. there. He's like, oh yeah, um, oh, how to jerk off at work. Did... I already got started. Yeah, already <laughs> the one Asian dude, I can't remember the Asian oh, dude's God, name, but he's always funny in everything. The guy from Fresh Off the Tilda Boat. Tilda fucking yeah. Swinton is in this movie <laughs> as her boss. Tilda Swinton, the weirdest actor ever. Oh my god, she was plays amazing. an actually really, really attractive British woman <laughs> who's a total bitch, and she does a great job. She's hilarious. Fucking what's his name? Who's so gonna be Flash? Funny, dude. Like, okay, yeah, it might have been like, okay, like, okay, she gets beat down, she gets beat down. Okay, she's having a hard time. Whatever, character flaw, character flaw. Okay, I can see those points, whatever. Everybody but the writing was, funny, was fucking dude. funny, man. If you don't think that's fucking funny, then you're probably not a fan of this podcast because our humor is about the same fucking level. Like, it's the fucking shit was fucking funny. I think man. they I were looking for a reason to hate this why movie. People to fucking hate it so much, even if she might have stolen a couple jokes or done some parallel things or whatever you want to fucking call it. We all know that I wasn't the biggest Amy Schumer fan. I was the one calling out for it, for God's sakes. But I can't sit here and say that she saw all those fucking jokes in that movie. I kept looking it up because I thought it was a fucking lie. I kept looking it up. I went on IMDb and I was like, written by who? One credit, Amy Schumer. I went to Rotten uh, Tomatoes, written by who? One credit, Amy Schumer. Wikipedia, one credit, Amy Schumer. So she didn't even have any help. This was her first fucking script. She banged it out, and I thought it was fucking hilarious, and I think she did exactly what any other comedian probably would have done and followed that formula and then just inserted her jokes. I I think one of the most brilliant things that she could have done, and I really think she had help with Judd, for this was the casting of we need to put the right people in these roles the so they can improvise really enough so that they're we don't you don't have to do all the joke writing for everyone because your style is going to eke into all of them all the jokes are going to see the same but since you have so many great comedic minds whether it be improvised comedy or stand up comedy I bet comedy, you she didn't even write yeah, uh, Atel shit. Dude, I bet you she was like, nothing, okay, yeah, Atel, no, no here's way. your role. <laughs> everything Atel said, everything Quinn said, all the jokes anyways. They probably My said, favorite Atel here's, line what, was here's like, the information you need to get across. Make up the rest. My favorite Atel line was Amy Schumer was like coming out and she was like reborn or whatever. And she was giving all of her stuff to David Tell the bum. And it was like in a cardboard box or whatever. And he's like, booze, drugs, pot. And a place to live. Because <laughs> of the cardboard box. <laughs> and he's a bum. Oh my god, dude. I was fucking dying. When did you watch it? Like, recently? Uh, several we, times. We watched, I, ha- I did watch it several times recently. It's funny, dude. Because, I, because I was going to do Hell Caesar, and then I just thought it was going to be too niche and whatnot. And for any of the listeners that maybe haven't seen Trainwreck or have like a mixed opinion about Amy Schumer, there's no fucking way she stole those jokes in that fucking. In, in that, in that movie, you know, like, there was no joke stealing or anything, that's all original, so, fucking watch it, it's fucking hilarious, and fuck everybody who says that movie fucking sucks, because I thought it was fucking hilarious. Even, uh, uh, Burt Kreisner was, uh, he did that on his podcast, talking about, he started crying when he found out that Amy Schumer, like, she finally made it, she has a movie coming out, it's gonna be fantastic. He was saying, in a, in a car, he was saying he was in his car, and he found out and he heard about it, and he was just so happy and so proud of her that he started crying. You know what's fucked up is Robin Williams had a huge reputation for stealing jokes, like legitimately stealing jokes. Oh no! Once you die, you're a hero. Once you die, you're a hero. No, but his whole career, all those movies he made, he never got the same flack. And so it's kind of unfair that some comedians can legitimately steal exact material over and over again and have dozens of the actual comedians complain about it. And their career is fine. Another comedian could be accused of it. And one of the comedians in particular, Kathleen Madigan, could say, nah, I don't think she stole shit. Yeah. And she gets the most heat. 
Didn't she say that? Didn't she? Say, like, yeah, I, Kathleen Madigan was like, I don't think she stole my jokes. Yeah. So they're pretty yeah. simple. I mean, come on. Uh, but that's because Kathleen's a fucking class act. Yeah. And, I mean, like, well, Dane, you have Dane someone gets... like someone who actually did, like Carlos Mencia. Where the fuck is he? You know. So I that's think this I is say. all gonna like... blow by, and I think she's gonna be able to get through this in the next one. Maybe it doesn't get as bad reviews, but it's gonna be the same fucking type of shit. Like I don't think if she does do another movie, it's not gonna be anything different. So if you didn't like this one, don't go see the fucking next one expecting something different, and then be a douchebag on a fucking message board. Like that shit's yeah. so retarded. Maybe it's because social media wasn't as big when they found out about the whole Carlos Mencia thing. But you didn't really see much of that. Like I'm seeing more of the Carlos Mencia stealing thing now. With Joe Rogan uh, coming on stage with Ari Shafir and they're like giving him shit. That's an old video, yeah, but I saw that recently. Yeah. And you, South Park touched on Carlos Mencia. Uh, South Park touched on Colum. That's Carlos how I Mencia. found out about Mencia was South Stealing, Park. Stealing, yeah. They, like, this is where we've got most of our news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody told me that. One of the chefs, he goes, you know a lot about history, but all of it's skewed because of South Park. <laughs> Which is pretty uh, fucking accurate. Okay, so let's move on to the next movie. Uh, I'll, go, yeah, I'll go next. Let you fucking finish it up. All right, so uh, once again, because I'm the king of foreshadowing, I foreshadowed my pick several weeks ago before we even thought of this topic. I'm going to do Van Helsing. This is a really bad movie. (laughs) 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 I'm not going to bullshit you guys and say, no, you guys are wrong. The crits are wrong. The 23% Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. (laughs) This is a bad movie. But that doesn't mean I don't love it. Yeah, it's <laughs> the Armageddon of vampire movies. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the tagline. <laughs> Van Helsing, the Armageddon of vampire movies. <laughs> it was such a perfect follow-up to, like, you have Kate Beckinsale, who does Underworld, which is still really, like, it's a really just a fucking super solid action movie. And in my mind, turned her into an action star. Cause she she's so badass. Well, she's so hot. Adi's biased as fuck because that's his number one. In the <laughs> well, there's reasons why, and these are the reasons I'm, I'm telling you the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's still fun. That movie's fucking cool. Like that, that has a much more positive rating and all that kind of stuff. She followed that up with this fucking CGI train wreck. <laughs> you have okay. So this movie was written, not just directed, but also written by the guy who made the Mummy movies with uh, Brendan uh, Fraser. Oh, yeah. Yeah, was, the right? first one was like, okay, I can get down with the first, first one. Oh, yeah, that was that second one. <laughs> I like the first Mummy movie, okay? I did too. So did I. I chose it's that, that as Armageddon. That's a good fucking phrase. Like, oh, the Armageddon did or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, the Armageddon. So uh, oh, basically, Armageddon that guy did the Mummy really successful, made a lot of money. He's like, all right, do a sequel. He did it. It tied in well. Did good money. All right, you did pretty good with our uh, with a classic monster. So what if we give you a little more toys to play with? And this is like one of the first like shared universes things. Like, I'm gonna take Dracula. I'm gonna take the motherfucking Wolfman. I'm gonna take goddamn Frankenstein, which was a really bad move. Seriously, yeah. that fucks up the movie so bad. No one's, also, no one's done a good Frankenstein. I'm uh, nope. No, nope, the only one nope. that's good, Young Frankenstein. Yeah. That's <laughs> best. The Frankenstein is the best made movie. <laughs> best Frankenstein movie ever made. Mel Brooks, Gene Wilder. David, I'm put, saying it. I'm throwing it out there. That's real. That's truth. David put Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde in this movie. That was shoehorned in, but I think it does a good job. Okay, so this movie's bad because the CGI is just bad. The Frankenstein is the worst looking and the worst acting. Ever. Frankenstein's monster. He's so bad. Like, it's so on the (laughs) Dude, it's so fucking on the nose. The whole fuck. All of his dialogue is so on the neck. (laughs) 
his. T- <laughs> I was about to say. Your jokes aren't appreciated. No. <laughs> Going out fives. I'm throwing out Dez's on the podcast right oh, now. <laughs> shots like. <right. laughs> throwing out Dez jokes. Fives all day long. We're not allowed to say your name. That's not a real name, so that's fine. <laughs> Aaron was like, you should just call her Zed. Oh, <laughs> you get away with it that way. <laughs> Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead, baby. Dead to me. Zed's dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Shout out to Tarantino. <laughs> Frank is so, he's so bad, he goes like, like he's attacking Kate Beckinsale, and in a moment of losing her Transylvanian accent, she says in a regular voice, what do you want? Like, no accent at all. <laughs> And she's, like, crawling on the floor, like, trying to back up. And he goes, and, like, he's attacking her, and she yells out, what do you want? Which is not something you would say to a monster attacking you. Or a rapist. It's (laughs) clearly what they want, to murder you. (laughs) You need to run away. Get off your ass. They're supposed to be a badass. The whole movie, they show her being a badass. And she's like, what do you want? And he stops, and he goes, in this really melodramatic Star Wars prequel type shit of going, to exist. <laughs> and like, oh my god. Get a different writer. What is it? The tri- the Trinity effect? What's what is that what, no, what's it called? Oh no, the uh yeah, 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 you're on the on the right path. Uh it's the Trinity Syndrome. Trinity Syndrome. Trinity Syndrome, Trinity Syndrome is what happens in that it's movie. Not, Van it's not in a sense. It's sort. not really that because she does come back to be it's just that oh, okay, moment. Okay. But that's another thing I want to bring up is that they establish her as it's from the opening scene to throughout the whole movie. She's a badass who might have superpowers it's not clear because she does this really weird crazy gymnastics shit on multiple occasions oh yeah because we know that she everyone does that does gymnastics are superheroes <laughs> we know there's a scene where she's like a vampire is holding her like fucking 100 feet in the air almost she takes a knife out of her boot cuts the fucking ankle of it then drops down and fucking lands on a roof like, really, you plan that? Stupid. She hangs on to, like, the fucking gutter of the building, lifts up her feet, kicks off the building, then goes and upside down with her head towards the ground, slams into a tree. Like, she flies, she jumps 20 feet from the fucking building to the tree, upside down, grabs onto it. She goes, ugh. Ugh. Then she lets go, yeah. does a fucking backflip. Hits a tree branch that just propels her flip even more and faster. Lands straight on her feet like Catwoman. Oh, nice. And she goes, and she's and and her expression is this. She's obviously like that's like this is ridiculous. (laughs) This is so fucking bonkers. This whole movie supposed to be defending this movie. Yeah, I know, but this is why it's also fun. (laughs) Is that you can sit there and watch, and all these moments that are supposed to be like, oh, badass are hilarious. <laughs> They're the funniest moments of this movie. I think Is Addie, Kate Beckinsale doing ridiculous gymnastics for Ad- no... In high heels and a corset. Adney's blinded by ass in this movie. <laughs> He's blinded by ass. This is a great movie, dude. <laughs> the whole time... Because Kate Beckinsale's got everything. Katie B, Adney's like, this movie is phenomenal. The one. She's the one. All the other parts without Kate Beckinsale are terrible parts. I'll explain why. I just want to point Every out real quick, though. is phenomenal. You said, since you said it, you changed a different variation of her name, that reminded me. Her real name is Catherine, and I wanted to point out to everyone out there listening, all Catherines are better than Caitlyn's. Yeah. It is known. <laughs> Anyways, it is the, reason why, the reason why I really like this movie is they did do an interesting, maybe not the best job, but an interesting job of shoving all these different movie monsters 
into one movie and making the lore at least sort of make sense. You had Van Helsing, which in the movies was like this old man who knew about Dracula and he knew how to fight him, kind of. And they were like, let's age him down, make him badass Wolverine. Hugh Jackman plays him. Yeah, yeah. So we'll make Wolverine plus Van Helsing. Now we got an action hero with a crazy hat, Indiana Jones, but way more like my dick is bigger, so my hat's bigger. And they throw all this in, and the werewolves actually do look cool. That's the one good part of the CGI. The werewolves have a great fucking design. The combination between wolf and man does look way more badass than most movies. So I like that part. The fact that only a werewolf can kill a vampire can kill Dracula, very interesting right there. The fact that Kate Beckinsale is just hot right there. Uh, uh, <laughs> she improvised a couple of lines of just fucking like lifting her boot up on top of shit just to show off her legs. That was all her just improved. And like for? like a line where like one like fucking Igor is like carrying like these wire clippers that have like, you know, they look, you know, cut to cut fucking like rubber off the end of a wire, you know? And uh, fucking Hugh Jackman grabs it, hands it to Kate and goes, all right, if he lies to you, cut off a finger. And she fucking lifts her fucking leg up super high, puts her heel on top of a thing. She goes, I'll cut off something. Oh. And like, what's up? Cut it off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, whatever you want. You go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the movie is bad. I mean, it wasn't 04, so that was, like, when the technology was, like, still, like, just getting there, mm-hmm. and the designers were kind of, like, having trouble with it and whatnot, so. I mean, you can give the CGI a little bit of a break. Like, uh, all those movies within that, King like, Kong, 2002 like, to, like, 2005 range, it's, like, right on the cusp, really. It might even go, it might even be longer, okay, and, maybe yeah, 2008. Yeah, yeah. Were, it is, but I have two, just quick two more things. Uh, one, the brides are ridiculously hot. Steve, you need to watch it again because the redheaded bride, Elira, hooey, pouring oh. out of her dress. Oh, she can get it. I'm a, I'm a insane. Any redhead can get it. Girl. Like, <laughs> and she has like, she has the sexiest <laughs> accent. It's perfect. Unlike Kate, she doesn't lose her accent throughout the movie. Uh, but my, my 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 probably my favorite thing about the movie is uh, Richard Roxborough's performance of Dracula. Oh yeah, it is, dude. It is perfectly over the top mm-hmm. it's ridiculous and like man we should do a seg- sorry go ahead sorry no what were you gonna say we need to do a seg- segment on our best dracula because i think mine's gonna be different than yours <laughs> well you guys know mine this is my favorite no one <laughs> i'm not saying the he's top. the best actor i'm not saying that Dana day lewis won't do a better job <laughs> all right i'm just saying that i love this version so much because I said it before about how one minute he's having fun with it and he's being comedic with it. The next minute he's miserable and he's so dramatic. Like there's a one scene where it's like basically him monologuing, not really at his brides, but kind of towards his brides. His brides are in the same room, but it doesn't feel like he's talking to them. That's <laughs> so ridiculous. Because he's so egotistical that he wants to talk to himself. He wants to hear his own voice. Yeah. And he goes, my life is hollow and I will live forever. And his wife says, it's not so bad, you know, and everything and all that. And he goes, he starts laughing. He goes, ah, he's like, this guy's insane. <laughs> and, then, and then he like yells at his brides and he like, then he hugs them right afterwards. He's like, no, don't feed me. Those are my brides. Everyone fears me, but not my brides. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? What are you doing? What is happening? In the, mid- in the middle of this weird, like, them breathing on him and, what, like, let's have a threesome here. You can see shadows of Igor electrocuting a werewolf, and out of nowhere, Richard Roxborough breaks up this about to be three way and goes, 
Igor, why do you torment that thing so? Huh? Igor comes out and he goes, it's what I do. It's what. Igor, remember Igor, do unto others. And that, that's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> what? You did what? Do unto others? Did you just like, quote the Bible? You're Dracula. You're the son of the devil. <laughs> Anyways, that's why I love the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's fucking great. My f- oh, favorite man. Dracula. <laughs> so bad. I love it. All right, Stevie, uh, that was my why you should always watch Van Helsing every year. So, <laughs> Once you know? a year. <laughs> so I got a little movie that You know, was... like The Godfather. <laughs> same, same vein. I got, anything, a, you I got a movie watch that that's every just months. as good as The Godfather, okay? It was written in 1997, okay? Okay. It has a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert gave it a half a star. I really hope I know this movie. Gave it a half a star. You will. Okay. Metal Critic, uh, Metacritic gave it 48%. Metal Critic. Metal, Metal Critic. It's directed by Trey Parker. Oh, is this the one? Oh, I, do you know I think I know it. No. Orgasm. I knew it was going Orgasm. <laughs> How did this movie not get five stars? <laughs> How is this not an Academy Award winning for writing, original screenplay, direction, Best actor, best supporting actor, best actor, best cinematography, best point star in the movie. How did he get any points? Should have won best score for all the songs. Best score, yeah. Oh, by the way, it was supposed to be musical. Maybe it was supposed to be a musical, but it didn't. It's not exactly musical. It was supposed to be a musical. Yes. Trey has been wanting to write a musical for years, and it finally got. He finally got Book of Mormon, and it was amazing. Actually, Trey has been writing musicals for years because South Park the movie's a musical. Team America, no. You said he's been wanting to write Book of Mormon is what you're talking about. The way that you said I it. was trying to say that he's been wanting that's why every movie is like a musical. Oh, okay. Okay. So bad. he's been trying to do this. Like every movie he's been trying to do a musical, but he couldn't fully do one until Book of Mormon. They finally said, Okay, you can Which do Which is amazing, book. Okay, you can, can do a it? musical, dude. No, I just know that you saw it oh. right through a computer. Write a stupid, Which amazing really musical that's gonna win all the Tonys. Oh, I saw it through a computer like eighty times. That's funny. <laughs> All right, so tell us about Orgasmo. The people don't know what Orgasmo is. What is Orgasmo? If you had to summarize the plot to a moron. Yeah, and just nobody's going to know. Well, I mean, there will be a couple others I know, but I'm majority. So this film tells the story of... Don't read the summary, man. No, no, no. I, it's only... Paraphrase. It's a piece that... It's a little tiny one sentence. All right, all right. God, shots fired. My bad, my bad. My bad. <laughs> I am sorry. There's no shots fired. I apologize. The film shots tells the story... Oh, my <laughs> Take it back? <laughs> The film tells the story. Shots are traveling. How's it feel, dude? <laughs> Does not feel good, dude. Being interrupted with four-point jokes. Yeah. <laughs> These are all horrible jokes. They're <laughs> interrupting you. It sucks. It's so okay, fucking funny. I'm, I'm seriously done this time. Suck it. I'm you ser- suck. No, I'm seriously How done. How does it feel? To How make does me it feel? I don't remember you did. To train That should be a new segment. <laughs> Guess the lyrics to a song. <laughs> okay. Okay, Go seriously. Ahead, so. <laughs> <laughs> One last joke. Oh, my God, dude. Kick me while I'm down. <laughs> you just fucking mountain me just now <laughs> with that. <laughs> I'm over in my no hotel. Disrespect and you smashed my fucking. Facing right at the end, <laughs> right at the end, you smash my face. In. God damn it, <laughs> Stevie! Stevie's movie. So I raped it and I murdered it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Uh, but yeah, it tells the story of Joe Young, which is a Mormon, going and on 
uh, Mormon played by Trey Parker, uh, who's on a mission. Like his his mission's in L.A. He's from Utah, and it's funny. He's like, I'm from Utah, and everyone keeps saying, "Oh, I'm sorry." Throughout <laughs> the entire movie, which is phenomenal. Like the first, the, there's a lot of running gags. The that are intro cool. to the movie, which Adney might really enjoy. So. There's Man, I've book. seen it only. So hold on, I've only seen I it might twice. So I'm not gonna remember a lot. Like, I've seen it might enjoy this because you know, this is a this is a little spoiler. Oh, the oh the trivia. This little back. This little back. Little trivia. No, yeah, a little trivia. But um, even Joe Rogan, like when Joe Rogan first started his podcast, if you didn't notice on his podcast, he had the intro song to this movie on as his outro song on one of his first episodes. Oh, like really? couple, yeah, it's now you're a male, 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 male. Now you're a male, male, male. You're a male. Now you're a boy. That should be playing in all the gyms. That show. That's what should be playing in okay, the gyms. Okay, what makes Not a fucking man? Adam Levine. Yeah, so the lyrics, what makes a man, is it the woman in his arms just because she has big titties? Or is it the way that he fights every day? No, it's probably the titties. <laughs> that is a <laughs> line from the song. But the Emmy intro... Award-winning, Emmy award-winning show writers. The intro Worthy. Worthy. is... They've won Emmys. The intro is comic book strips. I said Emmy award-winning writers, not the movie. Ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the intro is a bunch of is a bunch of sex comic book strips, and it shows the main characters in the movie this they're because they're porn characters, uh, in a bunch of comic book strips, what? and it's hilarious. But what you don't know the little little uh, trivia thing is um the comic book pictures shown are actually reproduction of classic comic book moments with heroes like Superman, Spider Man, mm. Captain America. And all that because Trey's he's just a big nerd, you know. So he's like, no, we'll take that. We'll put sex scenes in those scenes. Makes sense, huh? <laughs> so he replaced yeah. them with the you know Choda boy, which Choda actually because Choda you think Chode in the movie you're like oh Choda boy it's like playoff of the word Chode, which is like a beer can dick. But actually Choda in Middle East means fuck, like hmm. fuck boy, like he is he is a fuck boy. <laughs> Wait, fuck he's fuck boy, the original fuck difference. boy. Home no, boy. his name is Choda boy. So oh. Okay, boy. So he's the original fuckboy. Okay? <laughs> so there you go. Shout out to that. Damn. The, oh, sure that's the, where we got it from. I mean, they're, they they should have copyright. Yeah. They so, need copyright everything they do. So like the Everything mo- they, they shit. No, no. They're, they're like, like Tesla. They're all like, take what you want. <laughs> you don't have ideas. I don't give a fuck because I'm always going to have more. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I'm the best. Yeah. The one. There you go. You, I'm not mad that they stole my ideas. I'm just mad that they don't have any of their own. Nikola <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> But, Trey Parker messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the movie, you you get the intro to the movie of them walking and going house to house, getting the door slammed on, getting yelled at, finding old lady answers, and they're like, "Hey," and she goes, "Hey, boys," and you say, "That's a lovely garden," and she goes, "Thank you." And he goes, hey, "You have a time to talk about uh, the Church of Latter Day Saints or Jesus Christ?" And they're like, "Oh, you're the Mormons." And they go, yes, we are, ma'am. And he goes, she goes, okay, well, you can just take that book and shove it up your ass. You, like, you can just fuck right off. <laughs> oh, you can just fuck right off and you, you, uh, shove like, that book right up here, you soul-soliciting pig fuckers. And she, they, she shuts the door and they're like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, ma'am, or something like that. But They, they play the most idealistic... Because like they, that's the thing. They're is, they're, they're like pants they're super up to their overly belly nice. They're all tucked in, typical white. Like, gosh tea. darn it! Like this. Gosh darn it! Like it's a super young. It's a super young trait. Remarkably naive. 
Mormon that you could think of. Like you think of a Mormon and and times it, it by ten. Yeah, yeah. It's so or, or actually is more crazy. like three times by three. It's, it's literally uh, John Smith. Was that his name? It's literally Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. Yeah. Well, Joseph Smith was actually uh, he was a piece of shit con artist. <laughs> uh, he wasn't. That's actually, a different cast. That's a different cast. Yeah, we can go on. I could do Joseph Smith all day. We'll all pick a religion. Music, different cast. <gasps> we should do that. What did we just do? Pick a religion. That's pretty okay. That's genius. That's <laughs> okay. That's, that's a good testy. one. We don't have any it's, fucking. That's ma- testy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's testy. People, people don't like having their uh, beliefs challenged. So of course they don't, because it makes them feel like a fool. <clears throat> because they are fools. Because belief is bullshit. <laughs> did you hear that? Oh, we're getting off. Good. Good. Um, but yeah. So then the the movie starts out with them walking around trying to you know obviously show people about Jesus and Latter Day Saints and all that stuff trying to spread the word of Joseph Smith and the Mormonism, and then they come to a house and the house they're filming porn, and basically they knock on the door. The guy you know the main guy I think his name's T Rex. He's like your main antagonist in the movie. And he goes go see that. Right? Go find out who that is and kill them or something like that. And he goes out there and they you know. Hey, we're here to talk about Jesus. And he goes back inside, tells his boss, boss says, cut their balls off. And then a whole fight scene breaks out with Trey because uh, he sends out his goons, the, the main antagonist. Trey beats the shit out of him in a fucking comical ass karate scene. It's like super comic. It's like super old, like Batman from the 50s. It's, yeah, it's like Batman from the. Wham! Boom! Pow! You know, boom! Pow! All that. The 60s series of Batman, there basically. You go. Which is, it is fucking, it's hilarious, though, just the way that it happens. And then he, the, the boss basically sees what happens, and then grabs him and is like, hey, you ever thought about being in a movie, you know? And he goes, well, I, don't, I don't know what you mean, I just I want to talk to you about Jesus. Uh-huh. And he goes, come on in, yeah, oh, Jesus, that was, that's a good guy, or that's a uh-huh. character there. And he, like, brings him into the house, because he's trying to get him in his movie, because he's a badass, because the main actor that he has playing Orgasmo in the movie is just a pussy. He, like, hurts his finger, and he's like, oh, he's just a little bitch. So he brings Trey in, and Trey's like, no, I can't do that. That's against my religion. He gets convinced with so much money. The guy dangles money in front of him, convinces him to be in the movie, but he said, you'll have a stunt cock. You just got to do all the acting. So he agrees to it. Lies to his girlfriend who's supposed to marry in Utah inside the temple because it costs them money to get married in the temple. It's so many thousands of dollars. In real life, you can't get married in the temple. It's something stupid like that. Like, the Mormon religion is crazy. But, um... So the whole movie, he's trying to get money, and he's trying to hide the fact that he is uh, Orgasmo, but the movie, in the movie, uh, Orgasmo movie, blows up. It's the Star Wars of porn. <laughs> like, it, it's Wars crazy. Everyone knows Orgasmo. They're talking about sequels and everything. Then he says, I want out. I want out. I have enough money. I, you know, I want to, you know, his, his girlfriend shows up to L.A., and the guy's like, no, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to fucking let you out. Fuck you. You know, I'll kill you before I let you out kind of thing. So then... It's him and Chota Boy, his sidekick in the porn, uh, trying to destroy the porn industry, at least this certain guy's porn industry. So that's basically the movie. It basically turns into a superhero movie. It's where Trey uh, is playing a a Mormon, of course, who starts acting in porn. And in the porn, the porn that he's acting in is a superhero parody of a character called Orgasmo, who has this ray gun on his arm that automatically gives you an orgasm. His sidekick has a bunch of dildos and sex toys, and that's how he fights crime. Uh, He's the the engineer in the show. I was getting to Uh, that. It's like, that's how they fight crime in the porn that they're making in this movie and it gets to the point to where uh, Trey finds out that the guy who's his co-star in these porn stars like I'm actually a brilliant engineer and I've actually made an actual orgasmerator 
to where I can actually, and they start orgasming. Right they now. go around the town and they start actually shooting it at people and giving people orgasms for fun. Next thing you know, now they're actual superheroes. Now they actually take on the personas they were pretending to be, and now they are superheroes. And you get a superhero movie at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So they, my bad. There you go. I need and to it's absolutely see, brilliant. I, I've, I've been preaching this. He does it better. <laughs> it does it. Like... <laughs> but anyway, Addy, this is my movie. Go. Is that what's gonna happen from now on? He just like he goes to like rub on no, mode. No, no, he's gonna take no. Thirty three percent on all. Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Ebert gave it five stars. <laughs> he knows the whole everything. Just turned uh, into Abed hella bad. But what <laughs> fucked this movie up? So they call it the Kiss of Death. NC seventeen is the Kiss of Death, mm. which is very upsetting. Um. So if the movie you don't know NC seventeen. Uh, it, it's basically a porno. It's, it's worse than rated R. Yeah, it's worse than rated R. Uh, rating rating system is so crucial to a movie's success. The golden spot is PG thirteen because that means the widest range of people are going to go see it. Yeah, and like that's what that's you what want. Deadpool, if you get a rated whole Deadpool being controversial thing. Yeah, that's like, why that was such a big deal because it was rated R, but it's still and it's still slayed. Yeah, so NC-17 is basically a death sentence because that means your movie's so fucked up, no one's going to see it in theaters. You're not going to get any movie, in th- any money in theaters. You're going to have to wait for DVD sales. It's such a fucked up thing, and the actual rating system is super corrupt. That's a different podcast, though. Yeah, and it takes MPA. No matter how stupid. shitty a movie you think it is, like uh, production-wise or like uh, camera-wise or whatever, movies are expensive to make regardless, especially if you're going to be making... Uh, oh, you're right. God damn it. <laughs> Especially if you're going to be making a, a movie that's like 90 minutes or so. Like, it's really, it's, it costs money. You know, you need your crew. You need, so for them to not be able to get into the theaters at that time was really detrimental to the film because, like, there was, was no independent Netflix. Film. It was independent. There was no and, and, fucking, like, the internet wasn't fucking what it is today, so it there was really no Kickstarter. It. Yeah, there was yeah. no go fucking fund me. No, they had to go door to door and show trailers. They did that with Cannibal the Musical. They did it in their hometown when they were living in Colorado. They went around uh, when they were going to college. I think they went to Boulder, and they were going around with their fucking film. They, they shot a trailer first, went around showing the trailer, and they raised money to make Cannibal the Musical the first film that they did. And that's what kind of started them, in a sense, on their on their way to success. And then I talked about them getting lucky with the whole uh, Jimmy Jams, James, Cam- James Cameron, and uh, Steven Spielberg, that little short that they did with the Zucker brothers. And then basketball came from there, and yada, yada, yada. So, and then South Park, well, they did the whole South Park uh, Spirit of Christmas in 1992, and it got sent out to everybody. That's where that's basically all where they got their start. Mm-hmm. But to get your start before you had the internet, to get your start just by word of mouth, you know you must be fucking phenomenal. Hustling. For fucking... The spirit right. of well, Christmas. One thing to have to be talent, spread but you out. had to be hustling, and that's what they yeah. were doing, like constantly on, yeah. on the, the grind. For the spirit of Christmas to be there. sent out, and Joe Rogan's like, "Oh, dude, I watched that in the early '90s," it's, and for other people to be like, "Oh, that." That's a you know that is everyone was claiming that they created it. A lot of people were taking credit for the spirit of Christmas because it was that fucking good. It was that hilarious. In comparison now to South Park, we know that of course they've gotten it's gotten way better. <laughs> but for that, it was it was something new to the age. It was like whoa, they set the fucking bar. This is crazy. No one's doing this. Little kids cussing. This is so realistic. Well, back to Orgasmo, not South Park. But so NC seventeen and um, Trey quotes. Uh, Oh, this is a quote from Trey. He was talking to LA Times. And he said, The reason we got an NC-17 on Orgasmo was that it was released by October Films, which had no clout. And we didn't have enough money to re-edit the film and continue to submit it. 
uh, Parker told this to LA Times. However, the rating board gave South Park one of the most obscenity-laced pictures in recent memory, an R. And he goes on to say... That, when was this article? Uh, this, I'm not sure. It doesn't give me a date. Um, he goes, we, he goes on to say, we got an R because Paramount was behind it. Said, the movie uh, came out said two Parker. years later. Yeah. Two years? Oh, so, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that South Park the movie came out two years, but I'm not sure when the article comes out. South Park movie came out in ninety no ninety eight, so one year later I believe. I think it's South Park the movie is ninety eight. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. So it probably came out in the articles in either after the movie, so two thousand or whatever. So yeah, it gives you a good reference. Original South Park show came out in ninety seven, but um, <gasps> and he goes he goes on to say the independent filmmaker gets screwed. And that's what it is well, because I mean, when they made Orgasmo, the MP most. Well, why why is this movie good? What convince the people why this movie has such a shitty rating? But tell us why they should. Why is it good? Why do you like it? Trey Parker, Matt Stone. That's it. That's all I have to say. Drop Mike, Adney. Coming Drop in here. Drop the mic. He just no, he just um, did it coming in here. <laughs> No, uh, it's fucking hilarious. It's, 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 it's them it's in there. It's dumb. It's corny. Form, it really is. It's, it's and it dumb. Is it's corny. corny. It is but corny. The, I, the, because the, the, well, the premise is fucking genius. It's brilliant. I must admit, Who I didn't laugh at that. It a wasn't Mormon. that slapstick that you're used to now or anything. Like I wasn't like ah, but there were certain points and times like like you guys said, the whole entire premise is hilarious, and That's I'm laughing the, at the whole entire premise idea. But you're right. There are parts where it's corny, and some people are gonna be turned off by that. We it are is the like people. around mid '90s when like exactly, so exactly. It's not expiration like date. It's over 20 years old. Yeah, now, right. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's over 20. Yeah, it's 20. Oh no, it's it's uh, 19? 19 years. 19 years. But it's old. like him even saying like, "I'll use That's my close. orgasma right now." Like the, just like the voices, that, all that kind of shit. The, just the dumb things that you like, man. He's like, you know, I don't want to sound gay or nothing. But I really like unicorns. <laughs> like, that's a quote from Matt Stone in the movie. It's like Dave the Light. I don't know, it's the, such a non sequitur. It's, like, it's like Dave the Light Man. Yeah, that's like his name. Yeah, it's just, it's just the light guy. He's the light guy. My favorite running gag is you know, like something happens and someone goes, Jesus Christ, dude. Mm-hmm. Every time that happens in the movie and somebody says, Jesus or Jesus Christ, uh, Trey's character, Joe Young, goes, Where? <laughs> <laughs> like, sincerely. <laughs> and then my yeah, my favorite running joke is when he says he's from Utah and every single person he says that to he goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then <laughs> like, and his expression sad. after that he goes like confused. Is like, why is everyone feeling sorry for me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's so funny because he's like he's praying at the, there's one really good scene where he's praying on the table and G, he has a little tiny Jesus in front of him and he goes and he's in LA and he goes, Please, God, if you don't want me to do this movie, just show me a sign. And an earthquake starts, and Jesus falls over and like fucking like gets all fucked up, and then the earthquake stops, and he goes, "Any sign at all?" <laughs> but there's just these little fucking jokes in the movie that are just phenomenal, and I am biased just because I love Trey Parker. That's just he's the reason I love laughing. Like that's his movies is what makes me love comedy so much. Uh, his like just writing style, just like even if you watch Cannibal Music, like the beginning of the movie is. They're they're in a court they're in a courtroom you don't know that yet you just see a snow you see like a snowy ground and a bunch of dudes being attacked by one guy it's one guy Alfred uh, Alfred Packer in the movie and he's basically he's causing cannibalism he's eating his fucking people he's he's stuck in the snow with but he's it's such a caricature of a cannibal he's like ah, gah, 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 gah. <laughs> and he's like eating their fucking flesh and it's all. It's so fake. You could totally tell. It's like shitty props. Hell, like fake blood. Uh, Trey Parker has fake blood all over his mouth. He has these fucking beards on that, like, it's the sticky shit. What's the sticky shit? 
that they hate. They say it in the uh, stick them. No, no, no. They say it in the corn syrup. No, no, no. It's in the it's in the episode with Helen Keller when it, when they're Helen like, and Keller. No, I just said Helen Keller South Park episode when they're like oh, I can't gin these something cray beards or, or like oh the fake beard. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's some sort of like stucco shit that's on the beer that you can't talk because of hard. This beer hurts my face. Yeah, and uh, they have that in the movie, and he talks about that as well, but. Uh, just like the fucking ah, gah, gah. he like has the fucking meat, someone's flesh, and he goes, ah, gah, gah, gah. and it's like just the noises that he makes, the the his actions. They're so just what you're hilarious. Saying is, what you're saying is, me. orgasmo is great because Cannibal the Musical was funny. No, <laughs> <laughs> basically, yeah. Um, no, I just I really relate to that sense of humor that he right, has. I really right. relate to the comedy in that movie. It it makes me fucking die every time I watch it. Hey, I enjoyed Orgasmo. You know, it it's it's movie. just people uh, people are gonna come out. You know, they're always gonna say that movie's dumb. It's cheesy. It's fucking stupid. You can't touch that premise. I'm sorry for a comedy movie. That is a fucking a Mormon porn star. That's pretty. I'm good. sorry. That is fucking great because he's trying to get money to get married in the temple. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, come on. It's all about compromising your morals in order to get a do something for the woman in your life. And why that's a bad idea, and you should never, uh, you should always be single. And she's the one that takes, she's the one that tells him, I think you should do it. But he doesn't tell her, he was like, it's, it's, uh, it's a death of a salesman, too. Or like he says at first, death yeah. of a salesman. He says, death of a salesman. He's like, doesn't everyone die at the end? He's like, yeah, but like, you know, excuse <laughs> I heard, something like, like, they get brought back. He says something stupid, some fucking joke. But man, it is hilarious because he plays such an innocent character. And he like, that his character arc is like, I can't be innocent. These, I'm, I'm going to fucking fuck these guys up. I'm going to destroy everything that they are because I am more like morally obligated to defeat them because they're the evil. It's it's like a God versus the devil kind of fucking thing when you think about huh. it. Huh. God versus the devil type of thing kind of reminds me of the situation going on in MMA right now. What? With Conor McGregor versus the UFC. He it's does like, seem like kind of a brat. I got to be honest, dude. It's like a teeter-totter, teeter-totter. Last episode we left you with, is Connor going to fight okay, on UFC? Okay, so the UFC's the devil. I get that. Okay. <laughs> and Connor is God. No, Dave, we get that. We get that. We understand. Said everyone Jesus, in Ireland. Jesus was a ginger. If you haven't read the Bible. Okay. Ridiculous. He had hair like sheep's wool. It's a Jufro. Yeah. Anyways. Back to what we were talking about. Going to fight talk. I like UFC bagels. 200. I like bagels. The last time we left you, Connor was like, he announced his retirement, and we were not sure about that. And then, exactly, we weren't sure about that. After that, the UFC comes and does a press conference, and they announce that Connor McGregor is not coming on the fight. He is not on the fight card. Nate Diaz goes on at this press conference with Dana White right next to him. Yo, if Connor ain't on the fight. I ain't on the fight, and I'm going on a motherfucking vacation. I keep telling these guys I'm only doing super fights. They want to keep putting me up here with these scrubs. I ain't doing it anymore. Boom! Drops mic. Because Nate Diaz is a real OG. <laughs> so, at the press conference, Dana's sitting there like, oh, we're going to get another match. Get, get another match. Weekend goes by or whatever. As of today, what's today? April 27th. So you're going to hear this in about four days, five days, or whatever. Conor McGregor is off, and it's not he's not going to be on it. UFC 200, Conor McGregor he's coming is back. not on it. He even made a tweet. I think it was Saturday night. He made a tweet that said, uh, respect to Dana White, like at Dana White and at the UFC for settling on an agreement. 
um, UFC 200, here we come, or some shit like that. And Connor was trying to bluff him. Connor was like back to the whole uh, devil versus. Like, I was just using yeah, that yeah. as a segue, but it really is. It really How is dare like. You. It really is upset like, us by admitting that. <laughs> it really is like a. So he's just been athlete versus organization right now. This is what happened, and I think that what Dana White came out and said about Connor not wanting to do the media obligations is true. But I also can see. Connor's point of view, not Connor's point of view saying, okay, I made you, okay, check this stat out. John Jones is considered the GOAT of MMA, greatest of all time of MMA. Don't right now, goat. you are seeing that. him. That's no, well, of the UFC's. Say the MMA. greatest of all time. Say it out. I don't like GOAT because it's just oh, a silly word. Okay. Because okay. GOAT, like, just sounds like you're, like you're, you're jackass. making fun of somebody. You're a jack, okay. You're a fucking GOAT. Yeah, it's too silly. It takes away from the seriousness of how amazing John Jones is. He's Muhammad Ali or the Sugar Ray Robinson or Mike Tyson, if you want to call it or whatever. Don't call me a fucking Sugar He's the sugar. He's basically they. They look at him as the Sugar Ray Robinson of MMA. Exactly, he is the best. He's had twelve fights. You calling a good bro? He's headlined twelve UFC fights, and his gate for all twelve fights is twenty-five million. Connor did five and averaged twenty-nine. Connor did five events and got twenty-nine million. He did less than half of the the same events that he did and, and got made more, more money. Yeah. Four million more fucking dollars. So yeah. people want to keep bringing up all these numbers. And while I see your numbers and then they're like, well, Dana White has to run his business. Like how much of his profit do you want to give up? Fuck all that bullshit. Fuck all the politics. Fuck all the money. My argument has to be t- to this. Conor McGregor fights at 145 and 155. Okay. That, those are his weight classes. That's where he should be fighting. He jumps up because he wants to be the GOAT, the greatest of all time. He wants to overthrow that John Jones. He wants to create this legacy that he is the most badass. Not John Jones. He's the most badass fighter. And so he fucking goes and he tries to bluff the UFC and it doesn't work. But why? Why? Well, everyone keeps asking why. Why would you do this? Why would you do this? And here's my explanation. He's jumping up two weight classes. He's going from 145 to 170. He's fighting a bigger opponent. He's not bigger... As in, like, oh, you know, he's got more strength. He's longer. He's got a bigger reach. He's not even, like, he's got, he has more muscle on him. He just has more skill in certain situations. He's just a bigger, his his body structure is when bigger. When it comes to fighting, um, every, basically every pound, every pound, every inch of height, every inch of uh, reach is a weapon. Uh, the closer the skill level is between the two fighters, the more the size makes a difference. Nate is such a fucking talented fighter that the size did make a difference. That wasn't the only reason that he didn't beat him just because he was bigger. It's because you can be a lot bigger than a guy, but if you don't have the skill, that size is just going to be a detriment to you. And when you're Connor and you want to sit there and you think that you're a striker, he is a striker at 145. That's this is what I'm getting at. So he's jumping up weight classes. Okay? He had no idea what thing. his power was going to do to the anyone. Second above thing 145. is this isn't the first fight, so. This is the second fight. Connor already got starked by him. And but you must admit, Connor took that first fight on short notice. Connor was originally supposed to fight at 155 versus so Rafael dos Anjos, okay? 
Right, Nate did too. You're right, but Connor was also promoting the fight. Connor was out promoting the fight more. Nate was doing triathlons. Now it was in his spare time, and who the fuck does triathlons in their spare fucking time? The best. The athletes Diaz in the brothers world. are. <laughs> they are fucking athletes. That's what they fucking do. Fuck they fucking yeah, love man. keeping their body in shape. That's what they fucking do. That's why he was able to take the fucking fight on eleven fucking days notice because he fucking was doing triathlons and whatnot. But they went on at 170 time. <laughs> all this other stuff. So what I think it is, is Connor focused so much the last time on the media obligations. He knew that he had to That's be this persona. He knew that he needed to show up with his Rolex and his glasses and be Connor McGregor. And he was completely willing to do that because he felt invincible. Because he was invincible at 145. He is invincible at 145. He is the hardest striker. He has. He is the bigger man at 145 compared to all of the rest of the division. At 170, he is small. So he realizes, okay, I'm the smaller man, so I need to fucking it's three months before the fight I want to make sure that I have at least 60 solid days of training and then I'll go and I'll do all my media obligations I don't want to do 15 days and then I have to go out for four days and it's not like oh I'm going upstate or something it's I'm flying from Iceland to New York and then I'm going from New York to Stockton yeah, yeah, and let's then take Stockton a second because people because a lot of fighters have said like when they get really big and then they lose they say uh, all these all these interviews, all the media obligation, all that stuff affected my training. And a lot of casual fans will look at that and say, you're making excuses. Oh, well, you're That's getting not paid. The That's always the thing, too. Like, oh, well, you're getting paid for it, too. That's and like they say, thing. like, you're making excuses. Like, no, you don't understand what it's like to do a training camp. Like, you are spending weeks and weeks and weeks preparing for this one person for all that time you're thinking you're all of you need to be focused you, you eat sleep and breathe this fucking person. exactly that what you need to be doing in an, in the best possible circumstances is you go away for training camp you go to a different place like big bear california where you're up in the mountains you're away Iceland. from everyone else you are just isolated it's just you and your team only thing on your mind is what you need to do to get in the best shape of your life the best you need to have your technique, everything down. Plus, you need to know who you're fighting. You need to have them completely analyzed, everything they're good at, everything they're okay at, everything they're bad at. You need to have those same three things for yourself and know how to manipulate what's, what you're good at and what they're bad at. You have to think of a game plan, then a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. You need to have all those plans sorted out and done down to the T so you don't have to think about it. It's a reaction. It's a... Right there. It's muscle memory at this point. Exactly. You need to spend so many hours and so much time doing that. It's very fucking hard to get into that mindset of to be completely prepared for a huge, huge fight like this. And when you have to stop all that to be this completely different person to when you're not talking about fighting. Because when you get into a training camp when you're like, I'm going to fight. I'm in this... I'm I'm gonna be just sparring all the time. I'm going to be fight. I'm going to a big fight. You get in this zone of fight, fight. Fight. It's, it's hard to be charismatic. Yeah. It's hard to be the guy who's going to talk shit and be funny and to be Conor McGregor, like you said, to be the charismatic guy who's going to get attention. That's a different persona than one in the gym. The one in the gym doesn't talk. The guy in the gym is quiet because he's focused on his task at hand. And when you have to split your mental capacity between this and that, it can fuck up your focus, it can fuck up your preparation, and you will not be 100%. And that's what he's saying. is the, In the first fucking fight, that's what he was doing. He was already prepping. He, knew he was doing all this stuff. He, he, 
because he was invincible at 145. And he really was. Within the UFC, I cannot deny it. He was not He was starching, starking people or whatever word you want to use. <clears throat> starching. Like you starch your shirts. But when he went up to 170 <sighs> and he continued to do the same thing, he was like, okay, well, if I can do it at 145, I can do it at 170. So I'm just going to do the same fucking thing. Which is such a huge... He and he fucking leap. got fucked up. So he realized he got fucked up. So now he's like, okay, well, in order for me to win this fight, if he loses this na- next fight with Nate Diaz, he is no longer that superstar that everybody wants to see. He's still a star. And he will still aura is have gone. a draw. But the aura is gone. He realizes that he has to win this fucking fight. So in order to win this fight, I'm not going to go to your media obligations. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to break up my fucking training because I know the only way I'm going to fucking beat this guy is if I'm at my best. Because Nate Diaz will always, always be better on the ground than Conor McGregor. It's that simple. He's a now, boxer. Conor McGregor's a boxer, right? Isn't that like my... I don't want to... I, I can't really... Conor McGregor is like a... Uh, what's Stand, the word? Like, he's... A, like a hybrid. He's a hybrid kind of everything except ground. He, he has really good kicks, which is Taekwondo. He has a really good clinch, and he has decent... Boxing. It's not boxing like Adney's boxing. He's not out there throwing so jabs and then he beat up Conor McGregor. It was just gloves. There's just an art to the boxing. Get me in the ring, homeboy. You sit in there, you work the jab. Conor was looking for Four precision. quarters, not five. He's looking for certain <laughs> shots that are just going to catch him at the right fucking time. Whatever, bam, dude. Bam. <laughs> so, Conor needs the entire fucking camp. So... While I can see what Dana's seeing, I think that this is all over ego by both of them. I think they're both at fault, and I think both of them should have rose up to the occasion and said, this is what the fucking fans want, this is what you want, this is what I want, we need to make a compromise, and it just didn't I happen. I see it from Dana because Dana knows he's running a business. I can see if it he from lets Dana's Connor, point of view. If he lets Connor dictate terms, then every fighter gets to dictate Name one terms. other Connor. Name there isn't. Other there Connor. isn't. There isn't. So but, how is there not an exception for one person? Like, but that—that's what that, makes that's it. Favoritism. That's what makes that's it. That's favoritism. There, we all know there's. We all know life ain't fair. We know the business ain't fair. We know the guys who bring. So the why most, is he sitting well, there listen, trying to make it fair? We that's know, my argument. He's trying because to make you, it fair. This is your fucking business. You're running this thing. You still have to have. He still wants to have some resemblance of control to be like because if he just because next thing you know then Conor McGregor's running the whole thing then Conor McGregor's to call shots. And then now Dana can't demand think, Connor do certain fights or anything like that. Why, why demand him? If he's going to be this much of a hassle, but you know he brings in the draw, then you you book him once or twice a year. And then you just realize that's that the that's thing, that's though, what you're going to have to do. All fighters have... All fighters don't do a Connor McGregor. I don't think that that's they a see legit Connor argument. Terms, I don't think that's a legit argument. I really don't. You don't like, think John Jones is going to try no, to do something like that? No, because then you break out the numbers, and if John Jones is numbered, you can only say that if your numbers and everything else can be what Connor McGregor's is. So if everything... The standard hasn't been set yet. Someone needs to set the standard. There needs to be that tipping point eventually where the athlete does get some sort of control. Then it becomes a fucking circus act of everyone trying to do the most outrageous thing. Is to that get the not most what Mayweather did in his later years? He did the shit talking that Connor that Connor is doing now in order to get attention and everything. But and and yeah, he also he picked his fights. He, yeah, but like the thing is that boxing doesn't have a sanctioned one 
person running one business. It's not it's, as regulated. It's such the fucking wild west of everyone doing their own thing. Like the most really like it really comes down to like HBO and Showtime. The big TV stations are going to give you the biggest money for things. Who's going to put on the best pay per view? The fucking belts and all that kind of shit is so fucking just crackerjack prizes. I, it's I, so I, like different. I was saying, I see your point. I see the point. I see your point, but. I think I could just counter argue that with like, okay, well, that's a good point. Well, then what? Why would you sign a deal with Reebok that would allow your fighters to not have any other sponsors? I mean, that's such fucking bullshit. Why that are you going to allow Reebok to? Because you're going to get money because that's your money entire, in your pocket. Like, Exactly, Dana White, because Dana's basically, getting the UFC as an organization, not necessarily Dana White, but as a business. He's the face of it. He's the president. Right, right but as a business it. for making money. I mean, it's, it is a business. It needs to make money. It's making a lot of money off of the Reebok deal, whereas the fighters are really getting screwed. I think if I'm Dana White, I say, you know what? You don't have to do as much uh, media days. I'll cut that down like nothing. We'll do it. He even agreed. Connor agreed to go to New York, which was the next meet big media event. He just didn't want to go because if he has to go from Iceland, that means he has to connect to New York, and that means he has to go from New York to L.A. And that's a fucking seven-hour fucking flight, you know? So that's 14 hours there and back. Layaway, that's, that's a whole day he said that was gone. So he said that he'll go to New York. So he just didn't want to do this one press conference. Now, I see Dana White's point, and I see Conor McGregor's point. Let's squash it. We could, we could talk about this for days. Conor McGregor's not on the UFC 200 card. Who did they get to headline it instead? John Jones and Daniel Cromier. And that's a great fight, and people that aren't casual fans are going to pay for that fight. You are not going to get the same draw for that fight, and it's you not going to be as big. As a so, they, fan, so the UFC, really as an organization, is going to take a hit, but Dana White did stand his ground, and he made it known that there will never be a fighter bigger than the UFC. Is it, but isn't... Uh... Isn't, like, Misha Tate fighting on that card? Okay, well, the, the, regard, reg, I was just talking about the main event. The card is amazing. Misha Tate that's is why on I the think card. That, that's why I think uh, it's still going to make, like, of course, without Connor, it's, it's not, not going to make as much. We exactly, all know that. Exactly. But ESPN I still came think out with the stupid that rematch, report. dude. That fucking rematch. I still ESPN think... came out with the report and said that they're going to lose $45 million because of the Nate. Because not just Connor. Once Dana Nate, White Nate came out and said, Connor's not on it anymore, Nate came out and he was like, I mean, I'm still going to pay for that fight. I'm on vacation. For that card, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna pay for that card too because it is. I'm going We're fans. We're fans. <laughs> like, it's such a. It's a great card. There's three title fights on the card, and then so DC and Jones got added to it, which is a the third title fight for the heavyweight title. You got the Misha Tate fight. I can't remember all the fights right now off the top of my head. I remember it's a great fucking card. I'm not. Wasn't gonna... it a rematch with Holly? No, 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 no. It's with Amanda Nunes. It's not a rematch with Holly. And I, I wish that I could tell you guys why, and I can't tell you guys why. But anyways, um, there's still... Dana White came out today. There was another press conference. He said there's one more fight to be announced. There's one more fight to be announced. So if he's sitting there at a UFC 200 press conference with DC and John Jones right next to him, and he's like, no, th this is... This might be the main event, is what he's saying. He's like, this could be the co-main event, or it might be the main event. We have another fight to add. And I think the fight he's going to add is going to be at 170. 
and you guys might not know the person, but it's George St. Pierre. And if Chris anybody I, knows, I know St. Pierre. No. I already know who that is, and I don't even know UFC. And they're going to try to bring him out of retirement, I think, and then put him against Robbie Lawler, the guy that is just a destroyer. <laughs> but GSP will win that I was fight. hoping you were going to say Chris Evans in his Captain America outfit. <laughs> Whatever. So that's UFC talk. Uh, Whatever. Chris Hansberger is Chris out. Evans. Stay tuned. Dana Watch. Just, just, just UFC. <laughs> Just I would anybody. love to see that. <laughs> if you're a fan of just MMA in general, uh, the UFC 198 and 199 cards are phenomenal. I'm going to get both of them because they're really great cards, and uh, I suggest you do too. Like, if right, you're uh, a real fan, you'll get them. Moving on to... The real sport. Triple I never said... I never, I never insulted not, UFC. I could not believe... I never you're insulted right, UFC. You're right, you're right. Triple G. All right, we're going to start with the uh, co-main, the... Uh, Pound for pound, number one fire in the world, Roman Chocolatito. Chocolatito! Chocolatito! <laughs> Who is now 45 and 0 with 38 knockouts? He absolutely dominated McWilliams Arroyo. Uh, real quick on this, this is gonna be a quick fight. Like, what I was surprised, like, everyone's talking about how tough Arroyo was. Uh, Roman Gonzalez averages 89 punches thrown per round. Um, in this particular fight, the first two rounds, he started off slow, but from the third round on, he threw over 80 punches and he broke a round. Yeah, and he broke a hundred four times. Wow. Roman Gun, add oh, that. Wait, what? Well, how many landed? If you don't uh, mind fucking forget the numbers. Ah, got him! You got, got him! him! You got me! <laughs> but I was just. She. Total. 1,132 punches thrown. 1,100. By Roman Gonzalez. He he landed, I wanted less than 50%. I think it was between Dude, 45 and 50%. In the MMA world. Like, that's unheard of. That's, so that's what's so, like, he, he constantly throws, plus with power, with great technique. He has very solid defense. And everyone is talking about Arroyo's toughness. He took these shots. Every time he thought he was hurt and he was done and he was leaving... He somehow managed to go through. But what I was most shocked about was how he was able to stand. He was able to stand and box with Gonzalez here and there. Um, I only, I think I only scored one round for him. But the fact that he still won around was incredible. Like he did have really sharp punches. I knew he had a lot of power going in. He wasn't able to ever hurt Gonzalez because Gonzalez is a fucking unstoppable monster right now. But he did look good. Gonzalez, at the end of the day, he turned he. Fucking stepped on the gas, overwhelmed his opponent, and lasted 12 fucking rounds. It went the distance, and he never stopped throwing. He kept going. He threw over a 1,000 punches and proved why he is so good. He took a very, very good opponent and just dominated him. Damn. That's, That's really exciting. all you what, can really say about you, it. How, so, so, like, let's just bring it in. Where do you bring him up against the... Uh... The master, you know, your greatest of all time. The master, you know. You mean Sugar Ray? Are you Robinson? allowed to even start talking about? No. Is he that tight yet? He's not that. He's tight He's twenty-eight yet? years old. Give it. Oh, a he's got like ten years in. Well, he is smaller, so he'll probably age a little bit faster, because the uh, you know, what the reflexes count for so much more. It's such a smaller weight class. We'll see. Chemistry. He is one hundred and twelve oh, pounds. Do you want to talk about like fires? Ending their career and whatnot. How I didn't even know, and I'm not saying he's ending his career. That Triple G was thirty. Fuck, 30, he's thirty four. He's thirty four yep. with over 
Uh, you you said like three hundred and sixty five or some shit. Uh, amateur, uh, like okay. it's amateur records are kind of hard to uh, determine. So give sometimes, or take ten, but it's about but it's fights about three hundred. Is that like four hundred? It's about three hundred and fifty amateur fights, and then plus pro fights. But he's thirty five and zero now. Thirty two <sighs> knockouts. Good, good. So so so. Okay, so we're gonna move on no, to uh, like sorry. so Roman Gonzalez. What was funny was we watched, I watched, I was watching the fight with uh, with our boy Josh and Josh was all like so the uh, fight's about to start I was like so who's like uh, who's like the next Mayweather right now is all the guy that we're about Another to watch game. right now he's like he's all yeah I was all this guy's number one pound for pound dude but he's the exact opposite of Floyd he doesn't punch one at a time he just never stops punching you gotta watch it mm-hmm. and he was like oh my like fucking in the sixth round he's still into it like oh my god this is way more fucking exciting <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy they they know. They're not getting tired? Like, no, they're not. Ever. Ever again. <laughs> that is insane. But, uh, Shout out to Fitz. <laughs> it was a fun fight. It was a fun fight to watch. But uh, uh, they're really the main event, the one that, every, that, that filled the stadium to the fucking brim. The reason why it got the highest ratings HBO's had in a little while was because of our boy Triple G. Triple G. Gennady Golovkin. And he I was just fighting. Fight. He was fight like, <laughs> Gon- like Gonzalez was in He's so much boy. harder. He had such like a better fight. fighter in front of him. Like Golovkin had like cuz he holds a couple of Cracker Jack box belts Cracker. and he had the mandatory challenger and this guy's like got I think he got injured or something but he couldn't do the fight and so they had to go oh, who's next? Dominic Wade, you step in. Dominic Wade, to his credit, was all, fuck yeah, I'll fight him. What was funny was when they were coming out to the ring, Fitz saw Dominic Wade and was all, 20 bucks on him. Ah! <laughs> and I was like, Did you take it? You don't remember? I was oh, all, I do remember. Yeah. I was all, if you want, I'll take that bet right now. <laughs> He's like, come on, dude, look at that black dude. He look at him. He's like covered in tats. And she's like, that dude's totally going to fucking win. I was all, Did he even I, see? I was all, oh a little job. I will bet you right now $20 that Golovkin's going to win this fight by knockout. And he goes, all right, all right. I was like, all right. Shook his hand. Like, all right, let's get to watching this fight. <laughs> <laughs> You're all trying to fast forward through it. It's live and shit. And let's talk about that. Like, it was such easy work for Gennady. Like, there's not much you can say about it. Like, he came in. Like, I wish we could say the same thing for Gennady, as in he had to have a tough opponent, too, because it just didn't seem like, and I'm not trying, uh, Ward would kick my ass all fucking day, okay? But he just, it, it just seemed like he just wasn't it's on the same level. level. He's just, he just it's wasn't, all it like, is. he barely threw any punches, he was just blocking most of the time, and... You have the Dominic, like I talked about before, Dominic Wade is a flat-footed guy. He doesn't have a lot of toe. He doesn't get on his bicycle. He doesn't have, he does not, he doesn't have otherworldly skills. He get off balance sometimes. He said coming into the fight, I'm going to use my jab. I'm going to try and out-jab Gennady Golovkin. But we've seen what Golovkin's jab can do against David Lemieux. He just, like, beat the shit out of him with his yeah. jab. And like I said, like, Italian. It's, he's going. fucking... <laughs> French. He's French-Canadian. I know. Can you not I said, I the joke the last such episode, a racist? The last episode. You are the French. most racist. Oh, so that guy's Italian, right? It's, it's I course. know. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Lemieux is definitely a fucking French name. I, I, knew, I, knew, I, knew, I knew you were, knew you were joking. It's Lamox. And I was like, Lamox? Lamox? <laughs> Dude, you should see all these French words in culinary, man. You get mad. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's totally related. Dwarves, that's totally related. Spell our d'oeuvres. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's why we need to do a live show. You couldn't see my face. Anyways, There's no uh, fucking way I can spell. I can barely even say it. I can't like, even spell it. Orderbs. Orderbs. Go ahead. Sorry. 
Fucking <laughs> you guys Steve is an asshole. Talking about appetizers. It's Steve's fault. Yeah, because we oh, got, hey, got treated like an appetizer. Hey, we got eaten up by Galati. This I time. haven't heard I'm on this bout right now. I, I haven't heard <laughs> my voice in a while, so let me talk about yeah. it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking I'm weird. trying to connect food with fighting, Annie. <laughs> food with fighting. <laughs> Anyways. Food fighting. Dominic Wade I tried saw. to jab. He tried, but as soon as he felt Gennady's power, he covered oh, he up. His block, he touched he his temples. Yep. He got scared a little bit. He's like... I'm in over my head. You can see it in his body. And you can see it. I remember sending you guys pictures before. I was like, look at them in the press conference. Like, Gennady's smiling. Like, yeah, we're going to fight. And then you see Dominic Wade. And he looks like when you yell and you just yell out into no, your it's house. Like he goes, like, he was, no, look. You're at your home. You're, you're at home and you yell about something. And your dog's kind of like mm-hmm. looking at you like. No, it down. was more of like, oh, you know. You, the little girl went up and she got her ice cream from the candy man. She paid her 25 cents. She's like, oh, I'm so excited. And then the big bully comes over and just knocks it down. And that look on her face, that was the look that Wade had the during entire the fight, fucking fight. During the fight. <laughs> I'm talking about the press conference. But yeah, during the fight, it was bad. Um, I think I was really memorable is the second knockdown that happened in the second round. Second round. Uh, he, like, the last punch thrown was a right hand, a right hook from Gennady, and it hit Wade on the shoulder, and he fell. Which a lot of people are like, oh my god, like, what the fuck? He hit him on the shoulder, and he fell? That has to be bullshit. Like, the real reason is because right before that right hook, Gennady landed a hell of a left uppercut. It was like one of It was jabbed through the guard, yeah, just... who knocked Wade's head back, and then he fought it right with a left uppercut that rocked him, and he was on noodle legs, and then just the sheer force of the right hand to any just part like of his body him helped him go down. Yeah. It forced him to go down. That's what it was. And then it, and you could, he gets up, and uh, Jack Reese, the ref, comes up, and he's just like talking to him. He's like, you all right? You all right? And you don't really hear anything from Wade because he's fucking out of it. <laughs> but because he's a fucking fighter... Like, I'm all right. Like, I'm all right. Like, I hear Kieran Mulvaney was talking about how in his boxer brain, he knows this is what I do. I continue. That's what I do. I'm a boxer. I fight. I'm going to keep fighting. But it was all subconscious. He wasn't really thinking. He didn't really know who he was. And uh, that's that really does seem like that's what happened. He was just like, all right, I'm going to keep going. But it was just one right hand. It was one left uppercut right hand later, and it was over. Yeah. Over in the second round. Easy work for good for Gennady. done in the second in the round? second round of a boxing match. Isn't UFC where it's like oh knockout or anything? That was the second round of a boxing match. Like fucking less what? than it was about about like twenty four bucks, Josh. <laughs> the fight was about just, four and a half minutes long. Gennady is so good. He's so good, and I'm so impressed with him being so good at 34. Man, how old's Canelo? How old's Canelo? I'm pretty sure Canelo's like 26, 27. Yes. Yeah, like Canelo's way younger than him, Damn. and Triple G's sitting over here calling him out, and yet Canelo's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, eventually uh, we fight." Uh, we fight. I gotta talk to my uh, first of all. <laughs> um, let me fight the Mayweather. I fight the Mayweather. And We're both what accent terrible. are you doing? I, I suck at accents. I'm trying. I'm sorry. Both over here trying to do accents. Fuck. I'll, I'll just stop even trying. I can do Gennady because I I just I, I listen to him so much. Like you. So that's Italian. That's Italian. I suck at accents. Get over it. What was so great was like there's a point in like the second round when Gennady's just coming after him. And he like he leans forward and Dominic Wade lands like three punches right on Gennady's face. Gennady just it doesn't affect him at all. And the guy just starts pounding him again. And during it's the post fight interview, head, kids, don't do that. It was funny in the post fight interview when Max asked him about that. He goes, he's basically saying like, no, it wasn't like 
I wasn't trying to show off and let the fight extend. I was I was just it just didn't matter. I I felt his power didn't matter. I just wanted to get close enough to him to hit him again. It wasn't a show off thing at all. And it was like that's exactly what it looked like. It was like it wasn't that he was like like before he's been in the middle of one like three rounds in a row and said, "Come on, wave the guy in. Come on and hit me." And the guys hit him and he just shakes his head like, "No." Nope. And then he goes for like the terminator, but in this fight it was just I don't give a fuck if you hit me. I'm just going to come after you. I want to finish this night early because you're not worth my time. I have to make show, Max. I have to make show. And he goes, he's like, Gennady, uh, what do you have to say about that performance? He's like, Max, please, Max. Let me just say, Max, give me a chance. Thank you, my people, everyone. Thank you, my people. Thank you, muchas gracias. You know, everyone in Kazakhstan. Then he says something in Kazakhstan. He's like, that's all I have to say. Max, Max, this this easy fight. fight. This fight. This, Easy fight. This That's present. where you're from, Kazakhstan? Yeah. This present. This Shout present. Out to yep. Shout out to for my people, <laughs> for my fans, everyone who came out. This nothing. This nothing to me. He says muchas gracias? Yeah. Why does he Why did he, he said he has a Spanish He style, has a right? huge Mexican fan. Why That's crazy. Why didn't he This is not the first time. He said before, he's like, Buenas noches, everyone. Thank you for coming out tonight. Yeah. My fans, my people. Why didn't he call That's Canelo? Crazy. That's this so my, cool. He lives, in, he lives in California. He's like, this is my second home. This, I, everyone. This is my style. This is Mexican style. You know, like he, he played, he said it once. And then everyone loved it, so he's like, I'm going to keep playing to that. Yeah, that's so cool, though. He's like, very self-aware. he's like... He's so self-aware. I mean, not I could only... see it because of the, of the hard accent and everything. I could almost see how it might be easier to go from, like, a Kazakhstan language to a Spanish and then in English rather than to, like, go to English because it's, like, they have the same sort. It's not, like, the same, but it's uh, well, English, similar. English is extremely similar. hard to learn. In comparison to a lot of it languages. It is. English exactly. is hard. Spanish is really Spanish. So, so I can see him relating, way especially if he goes somewhere where it's down. It's like And that's the thing. Texas he only learns a couple something. of... He's not trying... He's like... He's trying harder to learn English so he can talk to HBO and talk to Max, but he is learning certain Spanish phrases to connect with his huge Mexican fan base, which he's constantly showing love to because he's like, wow, like my biggest set of fans... Are the Mexican boxing fans, and which the rest of this are fan. the biggest so, fan base of boxing. So I'm gonna cater to that, and he's like, and people compare him, like his trainer Abel Sanchez is Mexican, and he's tried to model him after Julio Cesar Chavez, which is the biggest Mexican hero in boxing. Yeah, he's 88. Like, no, well, before you and fight. people like compare <laughs> him to that. And he's like, he's like, and she's like, thank you, my people, like, and my he people. caters to it, like. And that's why he says, like, buenas noches. He says, muchas gracias in his fucking accent. So it sounds funny and weird, but it's so entertaining. He's so entertaining. He's self-aware not only of his fan bases, but of the fact that he speaks broken English and Spanish. The fact that he knows that he has this accent that people love. So he plays it up. Like, like I remember, uh, I think it was Eric Raskin, another one of my favorite writers, was saying that I think his English regressed, and it was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I think he knows what he's doing. He's purposely doing the broken English charm. Because and that's what I it really that, seems I like. I do that when I, I say this all the time. When I, when I talk to uh, the people, uh, like, whenever I talk to Hispanics in my kitchen, I don't, or just in the El Dorado in general, they always say shit to me. Like, like they all, I have... Somebody who's broken English, Moises, and he, one of the dishwashers asked Moises to ask me something. So Moises says, hey, hey, Chaparro, how good's your fuck, huh? How good's your fuck? And I'll say, numero trece, cabrón. Like, he's like, one out, one out of ten. How good's your fuck? And I'm like, numero trece, which means 13. <laughs> like, how good's your fuck? One out of ten? 13, homeboy. <laughs> so it's, it's like stupid. those moments like that where 
And even when I speak English, I break it a little bit when I'm trying to connect with the people that I work with that are it's Hispanic. Funny. I do that too, and I feel like I well, you do it I with Chinese like people, racist. so you're racist. <laughs> but like, no, I've done it with. I've, I kind of feel like I've done it with every type of culture that I. Like, well, yeah, because you don't know the majority, majority of them. So of course, whenever you speak a different language, it's gonna have that broken. It's gonna sense sound to racist, it. but you're gonna have that. American charm to it. Uh, it's not. And, it's not charm though. It's, just, it's not. It's no the same thing that charming, it's, it's the but... same thing that he's doing. You know, I'm just trying yeah. to relate. Like I'm trying to be friendly. I'm. I'm. It's. It's a non-aggressive thing that I'm doing. I'm not trying to be racist, and yet I'm it trying comes to be. Off, it comes you're my friends. You're my people. Yeah, you're yeah. my friends. Like, I want to relate to you. So that, I'm not trying look, to make fun of you. That's, look, that's the best part. Is them showing me Max. This is my present. Miss <laughs> my big drama show. I give it Big to you. And you know what? It's like, ask him, like, do you want, who do you want next? I, I want to fight Canelo. Like, this, give me my belt. Give me, that's my belt. Like, I'm ready. He said that? I yeah. don't remember that. He's like, give me my belt. I'm ready. Just, I show you. Give me my belt. That's, it's mine. Like, saying that, like, who wins that, that fight? should be Who wins my... that fight? Who Gennady, wins that Gennady. fight? Canelo or Gennady? <laughs> I'm picking Gennady. You're going to pick him. Yeah, uh, you're going to pick the older fighter? Like, yeah, okay, so, like, here's, there's just fucking a hundred reasons. But, Good well, I just I, I always hear the argument that age is such a big factor in fighters. Age, how many hits that they've taken. You know, the older you are, the more hits you've probably taken. That means you're probably going to get more concussed. You'll be yep. more um, fucked up. But here's you- the, the thing with Gennady is he did turn pro late, which adds to the age factor. Plus, with the age factor, you have the fact that he hasn't taken sustained punishment in the ring. He's not had a tough fight. He's mulled over basically every one of his opponents, so he hasn't taken a lot of punishment. So he's still a relatively fresh 34. That's why we haven't seen any of his age. He's not just powerful. He's not just tough. He has incredible technique. Canelo also has incredible technique. He's a very, very skilled fighter. The difference is... I think Gennady just has. I think Gennady has the better jab. He doesn't fight in the same kind of spurt-like way that Canelo does. I think he has better stamina. I think he has more power than Canelo, and I think that his footwork is probably the most important factor. I think his footwork is phenomenal. Anyone who tries to get on their bicycle and run away from from Gennady doesn't make it out of a corner. He always traps them. His footwork is always. He knows how to trap them without getting himself off balance, so he's always in position to punch and punch with power. So he can trap anyone on the ropes. He's so he's so he does it so adeptly. Whereas Canelo has had constant trouble with movement. That's why he won zero rounds against Floyd Mayweather because Floyd just had too good of movement, and he had so much trouble against Austin. A little bit of trouble, but a lot of trouble against. Erislandi Lara because Lara used movement. So I don't think that Canelo has quite learned yet how to use movement. His best performance, two his best performances were against Miguel Cotto and James Kirkland against two guys who didn't use movement, who used power and aggression. We're going to come in to a preview once that fight finally happens. Going for a little bit on fight talk. Let's wrap it up with a fight coming up uh, here recently, right? Uh, Canelo uh, is like speaking of Canelo, he is fight. By the time this airs, he will be fighting a few days later against Amir Khan. Most people saw that fight and they thought, "Wow, that's Khan has a questionable chin. He's been knocked out on two occasions, but he has five wins in a row. He's been slowly building himself up behind the scenes, and like I just said, Canelo has problem with movement." 
Amir Khan is a speed demon. He has incredibly fast hands, and he has fast feet. I think he's going to give Canelo trouble. It's not going to be an easy fight. Canelo's going to have to really consistently work that jab, a power jab, not just a feeling him out. He's going to have to use whatever foot speed he has, how little it is, and work that jab and hit it on on Khan's chest and on try to hit him in the head to fuck up his spine, to lower his movement, go to the body, and slowly try and wear him down. And then as the fight goes on, in the second half of the fight, Canelo has to pick it up, which is something Canelo has never done. He does not pick up his pace in the second half so of the fight. So this is a challenging fight for Canelo. This Definitely. Isn't, this isn't the, the Triple G fight that we just saw with Wade, uh, something that it's not some that people call a tuna fight or whatever. It's just, this is a hard fight for Canelo. Yes. Uh, who, do, who, who, say, who do you see taking it? I see Canelo, I can see Canelo wearing Khan down and eventually catching him enough. Like, Madonna was able to hurt uh, Khan bad, but he wasn't able to finish him because he just doesn't have the kind of technique to properly finish and hurt opponent. Whereas uh, Canelo, I can see going to the body, going to the head, going to the body, going to the head, and mixing it up enough to finish Khan off. I do think that um, Canelo will win a late stoppage, maybe, but most likely a decision based off just the wearing him down. They'll probably give Canelo a lot of points for initiating the action while Khan, while Khan fucking tries to, you know, move you around. You don't think Khan is going to just make him look silly? I think Khan's going to try. He's not that fast. I see Khan trying to do to him what Ray Leonard did to Marvin Hagler, which is keep on your feet, keep moving, keep jabbing, throw in flurries, don't load up on any shots, but throw with speed, then move. Throw speed, and then in the last bit of the round, try and steal the round with a lot of action, with a lot of punches. And so essentially, the, the beginning of the round, he's going to move, 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 not get hit, yeah. and then at the end, that last 45 minute. Try to kind of lay it on, steal the round. Sure, yeah, try and steal the round. I think that's what Khan's plan is gonna be because that's where his strengths are and that's where Canelo's weaknesses are. I think he's gonna try to take advantage of that, but I do think Canelo will be able to eventually, with his jab and with his Just body punching, he does land. have a good body punch. He has a great punch with both hands. So I do think he will eventually wear Khan down, do damage. Like I, I really want to see a late stoppage. I, I expect that from him. He so you're should, calling late stoppage like tenth round, but to a body shot. He should get a late stop, not from a body shot, but from just wear and tear and just beating him down and slowly. So you think the ref him. will step in? It won't be like a KO or anything. The ref will like kind of just call a stoppage. Like you, you think he's going down? I don't you think know. I don't know, if I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not know if I'm going to say. Hey, that's getting way that. too specific. So I do who think wins the fight. You, and you're I think Canelo's. I definitely my my stern stern decision is Canelo wins this fight. And this um, fight is when? Uh, May 7th. May 7th. Uh, tune in. Tune in. Uh, the, the more everybody can tune in, the better. Even for my USC events, that's why I, I talk about them and all that good stuff. Uh, combat sports is something that isn't going to go away. So we need the ratings so it can continue. And then they'll be able to protect the fighters more. And that's what it's all about. Both of our combat sports, the fighters are kind of... Getting, I want, I don't want to say used or, or anything pieces. like they're, that. They're, but they're treated they're like pawns. indentured servants. They're, it's it's <laughs> fucked up, you know. And, and that, that's, our, that's, 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 that's another that step. <laughs> that's but, another step in the right direction. So yeah, um, they're treated like pawn pieces, and it's kind of fucked up. We'll come around. We'll come around. Just like everything, I think we're gonna come around. I don't think anybody's doomed. I think we'll come around. So let's uh go on to the next. We're gonna throw it over to uh the Bonnie situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all we're legally allowed to do. 
but still. Dude, we could do a parody of it, like. We could kind of do a parody. I can't play it on guitar because okay. it's too difficult. Okay, seriously. The um, Bonnie situation. We introduced uh, our listeners to the lovely Bonnie. Bonnie's who, situation is uh, she can get it. With I'm Chris getting Lee, it. And Zebra Brigazzi and Addy Brown. I attacked her. I attacked her like a motherfucking mountain lion. Like, <laughs> Like she because okay let's all right, let's, just, all right, okay. let's just break it down real fast I'm not gonna, I just went I'm from not something jump on your territory bro. I just I just went from something that I had a really hard time with making a girl come like I and I was trying so hard oh that pendulum swing swinging all and the way back now, to the I'm, other I'm side like, oh it's like the complete opposite and I'm not we haven't even done anything yet nothing like that we've we've just been texting nothing crazy and I even suggested oh I'm not even gonna go down that road anyways yeah done. Me and Bonnie are kind of talking, and that might be weird, <laughs> and she might not even want me to say that, you know? Like, yeah, and it I, probably doesn't. I don't really give a shit. You're embarrassing. Well, I mean, if you write into the email and start talking to the guy that you're writing in about the email, like the whole group, I mean, and then you start talking to him, is it really weird that you, that I'm talking about it? Like, I feel like that's kind of expected at yeah, this that's point, fine. you know? It's like, fine. That's, you're going to, you, we put all our personal shit It was on so there. funny because Adney's posted a status, I can't remember exactly when he, what, what was said or whatever, but by the, I didn't even ask for Bonnie's number, I gotta say that, we were just Facebook messaging or whatever at first, and then I just like... She slid into the DMs, or did you slide into the DMs? I slid into the DMs. Chris creeped into the DMs. I but <laughs> you she stalked gave me her, her number. She gave me her number, and I didn't even ask for nothing. She just gave me her That's number. That's pretty sweet. To be fair, you're pretty, you're pretty good looking. Thanks, yeah. man. You're pretty good looking, too. But Bonnie is tight as fuck, well, and I love having Bonnie's corner, and let me hear it. So, uh, Bonnie, the Bonnie situation. Uh... The bonnie so we asked her. Well, Adney. It's a perfect her. term for her condition. Like <laughs> she actually, she has a serious vaginal Situation. condition. So, um, Adney I'm so asked excited to see how it goes. On episode fifteen, I believe, um, when we read Bonnie's first email, and he said, "Wait, we're numbering these things." I am. I'm numbering. Them. <laughs> it was uh, a joke. Uh, I think it was. Episode, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was um, the uh, put down the fucking. Uh, Put down the fucking dog filter. Anyways, go on. What was the question? Put down the fucking dog filter was the name of the episode. And Adney said to her, announced to Bonnie, send uh, send us in your uh, most inappropriate masturbation story. Like, just going off. just Exactly. Because that was was one of the things that she mentioned was sometimes she just has to do it. So I want to know. She's got to do it just to do it. So she sent us a top five, correct? I'm so ready to be, just before you even do it. Chris. I'm so ready to just be like her toy. Like, in, in these... I haven't even heard the email yet, but I want to be, like, the the toy that she uses to get her off in these certain situations. Like, I want to be a You are unworthy! <laughs> <laughs> I might be! Let's hear them, though! So, okay. I think it'd be so fun! She sent us in her five most inappropriate stories, which we really appreciate, Bonnie. Shout out to you. These are beautiful. <laughs> so, we're going to start with top... Chris, we're going to go. Gonna... It's not even out yet. I'm gonna go five. <laughs> I'm gonna go five to one. You gonna count down, homeboy? Yeah, five to one. Number five. Number five. Did it do it? Finally, I have my computer in my hand. Hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. Oh, oh I like that. Did it? Our thing no, was way no, funnier. Our thing was cool. You do okay, the next okay. one. Next okay. one. Whatever. Edit, edit out the pot. Edit this out. The whole number podcast. five. Whatever. <laughs> um, it's never a good idea to turn up the music while someone. Might be coming home, especially when that someone is your ex, in the parentheses. But yeah, I haven't moved out yet. Um, 
that you no longer touch. Made myself scream so good he ran in with a bat ready to kill someone. No, no, no. It's just me now sitting in a puddle. Nah. That's pretty good. That's you know, you're just five. sitting there at home, you know. I'm never in that situation, though, because I that never is live like with a, my That's ex. like an 80s movie. Oh, you caught me, Paris. I'm just saying, I, I know, never but that sounds like an intro. Like, that sounds like the narrator, like, sitting at home, jacking up. Wait, that, is, that is the open to a memoir. Yeah. So this save whole, that, Bonnie, when you write scenario, your memoirs. Why are you, why are you living with your ex? Oh, we just broke up. No, he's years. moving out, dummy. Did you not pay attention? No, I said we're still living together, though. You're living with your ex. As soon as we break up, I'm out. It doesn't matter. I could be homeless, but I'm out. He's we got some up, stuff left over, man. We break up, I'm out. He said, he said, she, we break up. You're being said, too fucking harsh on the situation, dude. Way too harsh. Break up, I'm, I'm No, you're being Bond too harsh. Bonnie's a kinder person than you, Chris. That's you're right. You're right. You're right. But, you're right. yeah, that is a fucking, that's an opening to a book. If I, if I flipped over the book and I saw that, I'd be like, what the fuck is happening? Ever since I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> uh, uh, ever since I can remember, I've always wanted to sit in a puddle. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> What's your happening? My own here? puddle of my own things. Okay. So, number four. Um, you've heard of injuries during sex, right? Question mark. Nope, not never. I've never done anything rough ever in my life. While I'm a klutz. Anyway, but I, I was laying in bed with my vibrator shortly after a hospital stay. For some reason, pain meds make my clit less sensitive, so it took me a minute. Right as I'm about to come, my fingers, my fingers start hurting, and I realize <laughs> it's caught in the top where you screw in the batteries. But did I stop? What? <laughs> but so did she, I? She shocked herself. But did bit? I stop? Hell no. But when I was didn't. done, I had a huge blister on my finger. We're turning to a callus. Fuck it. I'm not a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> You're a champ, Bonnie. <laughs> Warrior. Shocked. Hear that, Chris? Burn. Doesn't matter. I still continue to finger myself. Oh, so I should just light her on fire and keep fucking her. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey, what? Okay, shout to the... Or shout back. Know, shout we, back to fucking Game of Thrones. Nobody knows what Chris is <laughs> Fucking Lightbringer and shit. <laughs> um, Azor Ahai. Azor Ahai. You're going to have to sacrifice her three. by shoving your sword into <laughs> her. And it's and with blood, her blood covering it, so her funny. soul is attached to your sword. And then you can bring light to the world, Chris. Bam, light just shines. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, okay? <laughs> this was unintentional, although having PGAD, I should have known better. In parentheses, sometimes it only takes seconds to get off. It's not. Let's hard. remind the people. It's not at all. It's a persistent genital arousal disorder. Yeah. So uh, exciting. Those massage chairs. <laughs> those massage chairs at the state fair. Let's just say what started with my feet hurting turned into me having to be helped off of the chair. I'm not quiet either, but my friends thought it was so funny. I'll try to find the video, but I literally couldn't get it. So she basically got off. At a state fair on the vibration chairs. You guys know those vibration chairs? I remember those when your feet hurt. Chairs. Yeah. Good for you. Your feet hurt for walking around? That you walk around the state fair? I wish I could get like off the little massage chairs. chairs? No, you listen. No. They're like metal chairs with their weird colors. And like then you greens, put a quarter. whatever. Put like 50 cents in and then it like shakes hella bad. And like oh, your feet. okay. Oh, okay. So we, when we grew up in Sacramento, since it's the, it's the 
state fair. It's all, they always go to the capitals of each state. No, that's what I'm saying. Like I went to yeah. the state fair. I was trying to so remember we, that we, same ride. We went to them our entire lives because our grandfather got us free tickets. So we're so used to we 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 can run a state fair, Adina. Nah. I'm just saying because you know. Okay, so we're super cool. Number two. Uh, so. I was a phone sex operator for a while. Of course you were, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been told the only one who's actually touching herself. <laughs> no, like I'm really touching myself this time. I promise. <laughs> so I've always been told I just have this sexy ass voice. So I figured for two dollars and fifty cents a stroking. minute, she's stroking. <laughs> Whatever. Always stroking. Always stroking. She's Whatever. always stroking. Send a voice message to Chris so he can hear. She did say for two dollars and fifty cents a minute, but that's twenty five. She's claiming she's already given twenty, getting twenty five a minute. Math two point five zero, whatever. But uh, two dollars and fifty cents a minute, I could get some people off. The first few calls were odd money. What the fuck? Were odd money was great until my jaw. Whatever. She fucked it up right there. Um, great until my jaw got tired of chewing gum into the damn phone. Oh, and I forgot my 6 a.m. caller who just wanted to talk. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Two, two, I'll, you call me up for 275 uh, 229 uh, a minute, man. You can call me. I'll talk to you all fucking day. I don't give a fuck. How's it going, huh? No. You watching New What's Game up? of Thrones? How you doing? <laughs> Did you like it? Was it great? Yeah, yeah. You know, George R. Martin's still you? writing book six, what, right? what, How's your day? <laughs> you know, you got any problems? Get I'm your talking. hand off your dick. I'm trying to talk to you about Game of Thrones right now. But, um, I have so many theories. <laughs> one caller had this smooth as fuck voice, though. Yeah. His name was Chris Smith. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Good he, shout out. He called me a few times before to, quote unquote, get a feel for it. I was the one he wanted to spend money on. Which is great. Good for you, Bonnie. Yeah, because Bonnie knows how to talk. She's she a goes, girl. Well, okay then. <laughs> but then he decided I was the voice for his session, but only if he could pay me. $3.50 a minute. Yeah, like I'm going to say no at a 30-minute minimum. Woo! That's fucking sweet. Fuck around. Hey, oh I demand I pay more money? What? What? That's a bill. What? A... How is that inappropriate? I think he had autism, so his, like, I, don't, I just, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. It better get more inappropriate or else this is just a really cool he thing. He then told me not to say a word that all he wanted was to hear me moan. That man vocally started from my neck and went down. I got in a bath, got my toy, listened real well, and believe you me, I earned $200. $200? That's not inappropriate. That's your job. It's not inappropriate. That was your job. job. That was a number one, too? No. No, that was number uh, two. That was number two. Number one, okay? That was the I, most. I don't know. That of, was the that most was appropriate five. time. That was a number five. Uh, no, that, no, that was nothing. That was the most appropriate time to do that to I'm, yourself. I'm getting worried now. Go there ahead. was no more appropriate time to masturbate than when you're getting paid to masturbate. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Number one! Okay. So I had this girlfriend who just wasn't sure if she'd ever had an orgasm, so I brought her a Ooh. toy and I told her to go for it. She called me asking what to do with it. And I knew at that point, I had to do, I had to be a good friend and help a bitch out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's why you did it. 
Yeah, that's why she. No, yeah, yeah. she. Yeah, not that you love lesbian porn or anything, but just because you're helping. <laughs> you no, I'm a good friend. No, I'll suck your dick to help you out. I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, I will suck it though because you're in need and you have blue balls. Um, but to continue, uh, she came over. I threw on some porn and gave that bitch a lesson. It amazes me how many females have never been able to get themselves to climax. Wait, wait, what? What? What kind of females don't know how to make themselves like climax? you can openly contact this podcast if you need help. Like, if you're not giving yourself, <laughs> if you're not giving yourself twenty fives, you needed to kill yourself. The Sorry. only time I couldn't make myself come was when my balls weren't producing cum. That was the only time. Because you jerked off too much already? No, because I was fucking seven and my balls literally oh. weren't producing cum. Oh, okay, because I was going to say, my balls... What I'm saying is I had the stroke down well, at seven my and shit then once ten ju- came around when my fucking balls finally, you know, and then I came all the time. I'm just saying, like, mm, That makes sense. Because if my shit was dried out of nut, it was... I've never known how fucking not to False flag would come out and it would say cum. bang on it. I'm just I saying. Always make like, my I've, s- made, I've made myself come off rubbing on shit. Dude, I can always make myself cunt because I know me. <laughs> I know, man. Um, I played. With, or so continues. Um, I played with my nipples and started rubbing my clit until I felt it was time for just a little something. I pulled out one of my vibrators, turned it on, and rubbed it on my clit, lightly at first, and just a little pressure as I came closer. I don't know if it was someone else watching or what, but I had to tell her to leave because I knew it was gonna be a big one. I positioned, <laughs> I positioned myself to where I was writing, quote-unquote, my toy, and got it so deep you almost couldn't see the base of it. If any of you bitches have never had a cervical orgasm, find a man who can do that for you. My whole body was stuck like I couldn't move. I walked like I had a stick up my ass for days. It was fucking awesome. And yes, my friend was able to orgasm after that. I know, I know. Good job <laughs> on her part. Yeah, good job. Show your friend how to fucking orgasm. Good job. Way to go. Bonnie. Bonnie's good. Quentin Tarantino, whatever. That really was a round of applause. Good, good job, Bonnie. You were a f- great friend. What a good kid. Right there. So now we're going to go into the, our most awkward jack-off stories. Chris, do you have one? <sighs> Man. I had a hard time thinking of one, so did I. Whoa, you had a hard time thinking of one, huh, Addy? <laughs> <laughs> Stevie, you, you had to do it. You had to do it, Addy. You had to do it. Like, the best I got is, like, at Thanksgiving. There was a Thanksgiving going on, you know? Were you and... ate with us here? No. You not fucking a, no, animal? And it was a family Thanksgiving. I feel like that makes it even worse. Like, it does. So what we're you, at Thanksgiving. What were you whatever, thinking you know, about? I get a fucking boner. I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm sitting there cooking the turkey, doing my fucking Thanksgiving duties. The family's all there. I'm happy. It's all joyous and whatnot. And I get a boner. It's not like, oh, I was looking at a girl's Instagram or, oh, this girl came by and she was a dime piece and like, damn. Like, no, I was with the people that I love and I just, I wasn't attracted physically to any extra love, like, You know what I'm saying? I guess. Like, I, I don't know what to fucking draw it up to, but I felt some extra love. It was Thanksgiving. You know, I had to, I had to go in the bathroom rub one out real Most quick. Of you know? But that is honestly, <laughs> that is honestly my worst one. Like, I feel like jacking off in a porta potty at work just isn't the same because, like, I'm at a porta potty at work. Like, of course, no one's really, and if they knock, it's like, what is it? You know, like, oh, well, I'm still pooping or whatever, you know? Like, <laughs> The power of the holidays. <laughs> uh, hey, 
Thanksgiving is strong. Is a strong yeah, I just yeah. and I'm also you not a fucking ass dude. I just I. Again, say, all the, all the least, situations okay. that I tried to think Christmas of, I just didn't fucking not... jack off in weird fucking places. <laughs> you know, Chris felt the American spirit because Christmas is not an American holiday, but Thanksgiving was created by Abraham Lincoln. So Chris just felt that American presence, and you just had to jerk oh, felt, that dick. You felt Chris Evans' presence. You had to grab the. You had to yeah, grab. Yeah, cap joke. Whatever. You had to grab the bald eagle, my friend. You had to grab the bald eagle. Dude, gonna... that's a great fucking. That's perfect for this. It's inappropriate. That's what it's all about. It's inappropriate, and that was perfect. Yeah. Good. Better than that. Yeah. But that, I feel like your answers are going to be way better. And it's not like I even have more uh, to say about it. Mine's not better. It was simple. It was, oh, okay. Like, I had a great time. I was making the fucking turkey. Like, mine's I less... made the turkey. The guy that just jacked off all over himself in the fucking bathroom. You made a turkey after? Basting your fucking turkey. You're not allowed to cook <laughs> out of <laughs> basting. <laughs> no, I already, I, I did that prior. You watched uh, it. You know, I, you know what I was going to say? I mean, it would have been a better joke had I, like, done it, like, oh, I jacked off first and then I did all the turkey shit. No, I did all the turkey shit. I got all my cooking You know what I was going to say? Is, I think and we then should, I went and finished. The th- we should have this, this year, we should have Thanksgiving and Christmas together and do shrooms. Oh, allegedly shroom dinner. I am so fucking down. Shroom dinner. Podcast. No, the thing, the thing, the acid dinner. The shroom we could dinner. do it. I don't know if we'd actually use it, but we could record it. We probably, least, like, we probably would have too much fun without it, so we probably wouldn't want to do the podcast. But still, we could do a podcast afterwards about the dinner, experience. Though. Acid dinner. Remember the hallucinogen dinner or whatever. Remember that guy. Anyways, okay, so that was Chris's. Um, I'm gonna go next because I'm pretty sure Steve is gonna close out the show strong. I want to go before that. So, um, I don't want to repeat of the William Defoe thing. So, uh, <laughs> my most, I guess I'm going to say my most inappropriate jack-off story was a few years ago. Um, I've mentioned before that I was dating a girl for a number, number of years. And for a period of that time, I was living with her parents. Me and her were living with her parents. And she just happens to have an incredibly gorgeous mom. Like, ridiculously oh, beautiful seriously? and sexy. Oh, yeah, big titties. I remember. Oh, you're just going to focus on the tits, Stevie? Really? <laughs> She's yeah. a beautiful woman. Yeah. All around. Beautiful titties, Andy. Anyways, I remember a specific time of... Because I worked graveyard, so I'd fucking come home at, like, 6 a.m. And, like, kind of sleep for, like, an hour, like, a few hours, and then wake up in, like, the middle of the afternoon. I remember waking up in the middle of the afternoon and getting up... And her mom was actually, like, tanning in the backyard, right? And we both, like, left our rooms at basically the same time. Like, she went from the backyard through her room, and she was going towards the same bathroom I was. But she was topless and kind of holding her boobs. What? And we both were walking towards the same bathroom, and I remember, like, just seeing it and panicking and not knowing how to react. Like, my only reaction was to, like, walk faster, and I went into the bathroom. I was like, oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to do. But she was like, it's I'm fine. I'm not hungry. <laughs> She's exactly. She's like, it's fine. No, 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 you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. It's fine. And I just could not get that image out of my head. And I looked down. She had a raging fucking boner. And I jerked it right then and there. And it was great. In the bathroom? In yeah. front of her. <laughs> In front of her? Not no. in front of her. Uh, but she was so much sweeter. Like, the door was started, closed. You started, and then she like came in. And she's like, the grandma's boy situation. Dude, you came on my mom. <laughs> but anyways, that's mine. Mine's over. So yeah. Um. Let okay. So I'll, we'll throw it over to mine. Um. Let's just say I've jacked off in every every place of business I've ever worked at, 
every job that I've Shout ever out to... To every place. <laughs> I've been in the. I've been working since I was 16, so 10 years I've been jacking it in different places of business. Uh, I I was thinking about the story of me taking a 24-hour train ride from Portland to Sacramento to make it back to Reno, and I jacked it on that train ride. Of course I, you did. Of course, yeah. Why wouldn't you? But I'm uh, I'm gonna take it back to one of my first jobs where I worked at a sandwich shop called Togo's. Oh. Uh, I was gonna mention that place. Um, I was addicted to fucking really bad drugs at the time and drugs make you horny of course i was literally doing meth i was 16 and i remember i had to go there i was going there early all the time um because i was doing uh, i was 16 and i was slicing meat and you're not supposed to do that till you're 18 so i was i wasn't supposed to be there doing that but i was doing it anyway big shot big shot ahead of the times two years ahead of his time uh and we have the whole thing of, like, cops eat half off. It's always, like, police officers eat half off. So we always have police officers coming in and out and in and out and in and out. And I'm on drugs constantly. So we we open up the building. I think it was, like, 1030 in the morning. Um, we're serving sandwiches. It's getting to our lunch break. And I'm like, I go to the bathroom. And I forget that the door is broken inside the bathroom. What do you mean broken? Like, uh, like the people lock's can broken. just come in? The lock's broken. Anybody can open it up. So is this like a it's bathroom a single bathroom. that's just like a urinal? It's a single, it's a single bathroom. It like you have like an actual No, pooper? urinal and toilet. Urinal and toilet. It's a urinal single bathroom. Urinal and toilet. Does the pooper have like a door? No, it's a single bathroom. One of those single like one person bathrooms you lock the door. It's unisex. So there's no urinals, there's one toilet. It's a tiny room with one fucking No, there's toilet. actually a urinal. There's a urinal and a toilet in the bathroom, which is weird. Okay, oh, well, maybe explain things better, asking. Stevie. That's what I just said. I just <laughs> said that why... before Chris fucking interrupted me by asking me that. So listen, it's a bathroom <laughs> with the door locked, okay? And it's fucking weird cuz the door single... doesn't lock. The door, I didn't know that the door didn't lock, but it's, it's supposed to lock. There's a female and a male bathroom. The male bathroom has a sink, okay? Right when you open the door, you turn left, there's a sink. Then there's a urinal to the right, and there's a shitter to the left, which is very weird, of course, for a single male bathroom. Because the door's supposed to be locked, it's supposed to be in there by yourself. Well, obviously, you know, it's not a single. It's, it's a double. I mean, if you got a urinal and a shitter, it's a double. It's a double. There's at least two people allowed in there because someone's gonna have to shit and someone's gonna. But have to But there's piss. nothing blocking each one from each other, so you'll be watching that person. Wait, wait, shit. wait, wait, wait. They're next to each other. Okay, well, it's funny that you say that because you didn't give any description, and it's not your fault. There's just a toilet. There's a toilet next to a pisser. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, it's just a bare toilet. It makes no sense. Just in there. I know. I know. It's like what? <laughs> okay, so you got a bare toilet and a urinal, no stalls, no nothing. Yes. Okay. I didn't know that. Bear and bear, that. my friend. Why would they make that fucking bathroom? Don't ask me. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the construction worker. <laughs> so I'm not the construction worker. Because that's twice the plug. Oh my gosh, that's so ridiculous. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Okay, so now I go in there, I shut the door, I think I'm lo- I lock it, thinking it's going to lock. <laughs> I put my knees on the ground. I pull out my fucking bag. Yeah, your knees on the ground. I pull out my bag of drugs. Of course you did. And I start crushing up my fucking meth crystals on the fucking, uh, the, the, wow, what is it called? The tile? The tile. I start crushing up my drugs on the tile. First of all, this is a meth story. No. There's no way you jacked off and came. Because I've done, Listen. I've done meth. Oh, I can, no. Listen. I've done meth, bro. I cannot come on meth. It might as well be Viagra. 
Like, I'm all day. All day. You came on meth? Yeah, I can come on cocaine, come on meth, anything. Man, dude, that's a talent. You have, <laughs> hey, no, like, I'm serious. Listen, that's talent. You gotta you're know, talented. your hand has to know how to give yourself 25ers. So all <laughs> I'm saying. You're literally trying to say that I didn't give myself a good enough hand job. So I snorted You gotta know yourself, Chris. <laughs> Listen, I would dude, I was a so crazy because I was a fuck. You're talking about crazy? You jerked off at Thanksgiving because your family loved you. What are we Listen, I was a, <laughs> I was a fucked up teenager, okay? I was I was just trying to get more fucked up as possible. I was trying to like black out everything in my life. I was trying to find escapism. So yeah, I was doing a bunch of shitty drugs at a young age, which is dumb. Lucky for me, I turned my life around. Whatever, dude. I did drugs. We aren't shitty people because we did drugs. I'm over Snorting that Snorting I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Off of a bathroom I know floor. you're trying to give your, your story and everything right now. I know that I keep interrupt, interrupting, but... The, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just over that. I'm not saying drugs are bad, but listen, I'm over that sixteen-year-old kid, you did drugs, you're a no, bad calm person. down. Sixteen-year-old kid snorting meth off of a bathroom floor. Whatever it happens, okay. My, if my kid did that, I'm not gonna completely be like, oh, you're fucking doomed. Like, oh, okay, like you hit exactly. Because I'm the, life. I'm, a, I'm the exception of the rule. I'm not doomed. I'm not a fuck up. I don't think I'm fine. But I'm saying like, yes, um, but I snorted a fucking line of meth, okay. Instantly fucking horny. Sat down on the fucking Instantly toilet. horny? Instantly horny. Dude, you get the complete okay, because now we're talking about the story. This is still about the story. I got the complete opposite effect when I started meth. I started meth, and I was like, we need to talk. What are we talking about? It could be about a light bulb. It could be that's about... MDMA like, oh, that's MDMA for me. That's MDMA for me. No way. That's so crazy. Uppers, MDMA for me. I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, I need fuck. to touch you. Dude, we're going to touch, and I just want to touch you, and I just want to love no, you. Not, Chris, Dude, we're not uppers? Oh, we are. If we ever take we're MDMA not, together, not. you're going to touch. Opiates, oh, opiates make me hungry. Vicodin. Oxycontin. All that stuff. But uppers make me horny as fuck instantly. So I was instantly horny as soon as I started. Okay, go on. Okay, I pull my fucking pants on. I start fucking jacking. I have my legs. I have my legs stretched. Whenever I jack off, I, I stretch out my toes. I literally stretch my legs, push my toes in towards the future. Okay? <laughs> so they're pointing <laughs> forward. the future. I usually choke myself now. I choke myself now. Every time I masturbate, I choke myself. But I didn't do it at that age because <laughs> I was 16. But I'm jacking it, and then fucking boom, a police officer walks in. And I'm like, what? Like, trying to put like my a dick. Officer? Yes, because we served half off to police officers. And I'm trying to put my dick into my 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 pants are down to my knees. I have my my legs spread out. I have spit all over my dick because I was using the spit. I'm not gonna use soap. That's da- that's dangerous. <laughs> And he walks in on me, and I'm like, hey, 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 oh, sorry, I'm taking He's like, oh, I apologize. Didn't realize what I, like, I mean, he, he, quick glance, you know I got the dick uh, in my hand. He's like, Stevie's, Stevie's story is, he didn't realize that I was really jacking it. But that guy's story is, man, I walked into this one guy jacking it. You know, like, and I never you know, you know when they're jacking it. Like, every time that you've walked in on somebody, it's not like you need to take in three seconds of them jacking off. It's like, one, one second, one glance, that's two it. Misses, it's not even a second. It's, it's a fucking two milliseconds, if that. Like, all you need is a glimpse. A glimpse. It's not even a second. And you know what's going any, on. You yeah. know what's going on. So it was know. embarrassing. So I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, he's like, oh, I apologize for, you know, walking in the bathroom. And I pull up my pants a little bit. And then I walk, I fucking wash my hands, of course, and I go out there, I put on my gloves, and I start making sandwiches again. But it was extremely embarrassing 
And did you get cum on your hands? No, I came on the floor. I came on the floor. Of course you did. I don't mind it then. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'll say this on air right now. Uh, a random guy that I do not know oh my God, don't say this. could jack off. Jack off and then make my sandwich and he puts some plastic gloves <laughs> on. make my sandwich. Not a problem either. I'm not, not, I'm, I, I, I'm not saying it's... Well, hold on. I'm not saying that it's not a problem. <laughs> it is a problem. I'm saying that That's I don't think problem. that anything harmful is going to happen to me. From eating that sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like one in a million. And if I'm that one in a million guy, not even one then a million, I would just take semen it. Semen you know? is not going to upset you. I'm just, that, that's all I'm saying. You're you know? getting Semen's fucking, not that you're bad. Getting, like, you're getting preserved compared getting, to like yeast in this episode. Like, hey, semen is <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> semen is not that bad. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> listen, you're getting preserved meat. That's worse than the semen. I'm telling you right now. Your mayonnaise? Mayonnaise is way worse than semen. I'll eat semen all day. Mayonnaise is bad for you. I mean, I like mayonnaise. Imagine if, it tastes se- better. if semen tasted like mayonnaise, it would be over. We would get no more fat people. If you could, if you could fry, if you could coat your oh, chicken. Oh, you could fry anything. If you could coat your chicken with semen and not the bread and the flour and everything, and it was just semen, you, we would, we'd all be skinny because we'd, we're all eating fried food anyways. If you could coat your chicken with semen, dot, 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 name of the episode. <laughs> 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 Woo! Yeah, I think it's done. I semen think we're is, done. Semen is I think, not I that think bad. you need to wrap it up because we're talking about semen. That's how you close it out. Jack That's it up, bud. Close it out. Talk about semen. <sighs> People really actually. Come on, everybody, ain't gonna open doors and walk right into the library. Library. Come on, everybody, ain't gonna open doors and walk right into the library. To the library. Christmas. Add any stories be next week. Sort of Talked way too much about Game of Thrones. And Jack and it. No, Jack and it didn't take that long. Jack and it didn't take that long. Game of Thrones was a good hour 45. <laughs> so I'm going to suggest... It was, uh, it was just all movies, that's all. They, yeah, that's fine. We don't, It's a good podcast. Um, I'm going to suggest the book Assholes Finish First. And it's by Tucker Max. It's... um. First, first book that I actually know. <laughs> it's uh, Tucker Max's second book. It's it's basically his party lifestyle, and he puts it into story form. It's like a blog. He started a blog originally on the internet when the internet first boomed, and got a huge following. The internet boom. <laughs> he got a huge following. People are like, man, you need to start writing. And he wrote the book, I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. Such a great book. And it's fucking phenomenal. It is hilarious. It's like one of the few books I've read. So, like, I, um, so like I said, it, it's, in like the only. <laughs> it's <laughs> about his life of partying and the, gr- the girls that he's fucked, the, the crazy stories, the booze. Um, there is no explanation on the back of the book, but there are quotes from people that have read it. So I'm just going to read you the quotes from these certain people. Can you do I don't I think you're going to do it in this form. I want you to do it in this form. Can you tell me the name of the person who wrote the quote and then They don't they don't give doesn't give names. Doesn't give names. Nope, just quotes. We don't name names, dude. That's not true. I need names all day. 
Yeah, we need Because I... No, fuck that. Because I call people out on their fucking shit. And if anybody calls me out on something, if I fucking said it, I will own up to it. And that's the only reason I am so adamant about that. And I'm sorry, I just went on a tangent. Go ahead, I apologize. Yeah, when we name names, we get... Good point. If we tell a story about you that's absolutely true with no falsehoods, you don't have a right to complain. Just because you look bad, maybe you're just a bad person. Yeah. And you need to learn to accept that you're a bad person and not... Externalize the blame and say I'm the bad guy. Chris is the bad guy. Stevie is the bad guy. Just because we told an objective truth about you. Yeah, on episode eleven point five. But um, yeah. it's actually Um, yeah, because when you when you say honesties and freedoms and truths about those. They, they file a strain. Oh, this is really leading me to a really uh, big no, tangent that I want to go into, and I wanted you to at least give me my 30 seconds that our liberties and truths are coming onto attack right now. There's a comedian right now that is being sued for telling a joke about a retarded person because in Canada, they're retarded. Right? And, you know, Canada? In Canada? But it's a slippery slope. You know, as soon as that happens, this happens. You know, podcasts aren't podcasts. Whatever. Um, we aren't going... <sighs> I don't know why we need to keep preaching this, and so I'm not going to. We aren't going to. I want to bring it up real quick, though. We this podcast has been brought under attack. This pod, there is a court order right now that has requested. It's not official court order, but there was a request made that we take down certain episodes, more than one, and we might at some point soon need our viewership to lend some support. Just going to throw that out there. Not financially. I'm not asking for financial help, but just like maybe comments, a fucking petition or comments, some kind of thing. Yeah, just like a petition, something like that to be like to show Eunice in unison our viewers are backing what we're doing. To say, this is freedom of speech. This is our art. This is our expressing our life. All we're doing right now is we're sharing very personal, very embarrassing story. We are embarrassing ourselves. And humiliating ourselves. These are dark things from our past. We are bringing them out so we can all laugh about them. I'm sorry. No, that's that's correct. And we would appreciate your feedback uh, and the support. So um, I'm going to read you, like I said, the, uh, the quotes. So the first one goes, I have never finished a book, not even in school, until I came across yours. I had no idea writing could be this interesting or funny. That's the first quote. Second quote. People who like Tucker Max, douchebags and baby rapists. <laughs> Quote number three. Your book made me laugh so hard I pissed my goddamn pants. I literally pissed in my pants. I don't even do that when I'm drunk. Adam would poop in his pants. It's not, not, not even intentional. There you go. Quote number four. For some reason, professional creep Tucker Max wrote a book which became a bestseller just to prove that America, as a concept... Is over. Quote number five. I usually like people. I truly pray something terrible happens to you. You will end up drinking fire as the devil fucks you in the ass. Enjoy the limelight, you alcoholic walking petri dish. Number six. I am a happy married mother of three wonderful young sons. One day I will ask them, Sons, what do you want to be when you grow up? The first one will answer, an astronaut. The second one will answer, the president. The third one will look at me in the eyes and confidently say, Tucker Max. 
and he'll be my favorite. <laughs> and those are the quotes explaining this book. It is insane. It is hilarious. I've never laughed harder reading literature in my life besides his three books. His three books. Assholes finished for... Oh, I think he has four because I think he has like sloppy seconds to where he gives like different stories. Um, I hope this should be in hell. Uh, assholes finished first. I hope they serve beer in hell is the one that I know the most that's about. That's the first one. And I, and then I completely ho- loved it. Hilarity ensues. It. So I hope this should be in hell. Assholes finish first, and hilarity ensues, and then sloppy seconds, I believe, is like it's a epilogue to different things that happen in in along the way. But man, he's gotten fame just from being a party animal, just sort of like uh, Burt Kreishner, except Burt Kreishner is uh, much more apologetic and much more kind-hearted than Tucker Max. Tucker Max is looked at like a piece of shit. He's a he's a frat guy, but still, the book is fucking great. It's it is funny, hilarious. No, it's fucking funny. Man. All it's his books funny. are hilarious. Yeah, it, it is. It's Burt Kreisner without the Burt Kreisner that we know now. Like it's it's not that persona. It's not the guy that uh, at least three of us. It's not the guy that got ro- that robbed a train with a bunch of fucking Russian. He's mafia not the machine, guys. you know. He's not and, the machine. And that, in that scenario, he is. You know, he's that guy. He's that machine guy or whatever. So yeah, but um. And that is the Alcoholic Cast, and you could find me on uh, Facebook at Stevie August Bergesi. You could find me on Instagram at The Last Bibliophile, and you could find us all together on Instagram where we post the funniest memes of our quotes uh, at The Alcoholic Cast. Um, and if you would also like to write in, you know, send an email, tell us your funny story. We would love to read it on the air. Uh, just go ahead. We have and a send- question about your life. You want to hear? Some great advice from us and what we have to say about your personal situation, what we think you should do, what we think you definitely shouldn't do, please write in. We'd love to tackle that. Share your dark stories like we do. We share the darkest the darkest moments in our lives, and we would love to hear some shit from you. Like I said, like we've said before, we won't say your names unless you say it's okay, but send us in. We want to get emails from if you. you send us a fake name no matter how ridiculous we will use it yes there you go yeah um no also joke. if you can rate and review us on itunes that would be phenomenal uh and adney where uh, where can they find you at all the same social media platforms as you the name is adney barino a-d-a-n-y it's ba- it's ad any barino it's fucking so simple yeah don't be Assholes. Not at, but add. Add. Addition. What about you, Chris? One D. I got Topher. T O P H. Topher Grace. T O P H. Hit show that seventy three. Three R. One two. At Instagram. It's a weird thing. That's it. I I mean I couldn't get like regular Topher. My name's Chris and all that good stuff. Just look up the Alcoholic Cast Instagram page yeah, and then the there's there's a bunch of posts of us when we're tagged. Yeah, we're tagging the those posts is the one. of all the quotes and all yeah, the funny matter. things. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good episode. I like the fight talk. Triple G, shout out Triple G. Good, it's my big present for you, my people. You uh, you play this song, but it's really it is it's mediocre, Max. You know the song. Steve, it's it's Steve. mediocre. Hey, Please, Stevie. Fuck, are you kidding Steve, me? Steve, <laughs> Steve, let me tell you, music, very bad. It's very, <laughs> it's so simple. <laughs> oh, 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 now he's mad. Now he, he now he has to flex. flex. That was Stevie flexing just Slightly now. Better. This is me flexing. Oh.
He's like, this is me flexing, let's go to something that I know, muscle memory. <laughs> Play the rains of Castamere. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> I That's it, that's <laughs> the end of it right there, that's the one right there. <laughs>